Welcome to the Socks Cast, up the jewelry, motherfuckers. It's episode 25. I am your wonderfully stupid host, Polly, here with another installment to my immediate virtual right. He just cannot stop refreshing that Kickstarter page for Red Ash. <laughs> it's Rhett. Hi. Hey, Rhett. How's it going? We're missing Super Metroid right now. We are. It's kind of it's, it's kind of bumming me out. You know what else is bumming me out? Everything. I I like before we started recording. I ate a banana, and it, and it was not fully ripe. That's too bad. So now I've got like the I've got some really bad mouth feels going on. Sad I'm, banana. It's not a good time. It's very sad banana. Sad. You're gonna make Anna sick. <laughs> Bananas are basically just her least favorite thing in the world. Banana Anna. No, she hates banana. Yeah, <laughs> banana. Like, like the word even. No, no, it's just like when I like smell bananas, I just vomit every time. Yeah. Every time. It's not an allergy, they just utterly repulse her. Oh, I love bananas. I think they're great. It's just I got one and it's giving me all kind of bad feels and I'm just it makes like sense. It's make it's made me all sad. I got to say it's put a it's put a it's put a dour tone over me for this little this little dumb thing that we're doing tonight. And to my immediate virtual right, he just can't stop throwing up gang signs. It's John Thayer. Hi! How you doing, John? I'm doing really well, thank you. Now, I heard somebody else there with you. Hi, it's Anna. Hey, Banana. How's it going? I'm okay. You doing, you doing good? Now, yeah. I heard that you were here for a very, very special reason. Oh, was I going to clarify the story about why uh, <laughs> Reed's real name is not acceptable? Yes, yes. please. Go write it. Yes. <laughs> Okay, should I tell that now? Absolutely. Okay. So when I was in high school, I had a friend who shared Reed's name. And um, I told this guy friend that I had a crush on this person. Mm-hmm. And then he went and gave that person that I had a crush on a blowjob. So <laughs> just like backstabbing cocksucker is what I think of when I hear that name. So 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 Rhett gave the dude a blowjob? Huh? Uh yeah. Rhett. Uh, the rate the name wasn't Rhett, it was the uh, It was yeah. the name name. The name yeah. name. It was his namey name. Yeah. His, his banana name. His banana name. His, <laughs> his born again Christian name. Banana name. Banana name. Banana name. Rhett, I got a question for you. <laughs> I didn't I, Why I didn't. are you giving people that Anna is interested in blowjobs? wasn't me but it's you it's your name <laughs> i can't control that what? but you're you how can you not control you is it That's just like I... is it just like oh hey there's a cock i need it in my mouth <laughs> oh. <laughs> good lord good lord i'm just i don't know what i'm gonna do with you it's just Sorry. wow wow you you i'm not the one you should be apologizing to do you do you would you like to oh, issue oh. would you like to issue an apology to someone else? Can't think of anybody. Really? Okay, so Red. you're you're not you're not sorry for blowing Anna's potential boyfriend. Nope. For sliding his cock all the way in your mouth to the back of your throat. Really? You... She ended up with John, it was fine. Yeah. yeah did you fun. swallow, by the way? It did wind up okay, didn't it? 
Time. I'm ignoring that question. <laughs> okay, usually if they and don't answer... it all an turned out okay. If they, if they don't answer, it usually means yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I would like to thank you for sharing that wonderful little story with us. Now that we know the really weird truth about how, more, how much more connected this group is than I thought we were. <laughs> it's like I had no idea that, like, Anna and, and Rhett had known each other prior to this. And now it's just like, wow. Just going out and giving, giving blowies all over the place. Wow, that's that's crazy. Well, I gotta say, I empathize with you, uh, Anna, a lot, and it was a really dick thing for Rhett to do. <laughs> dick. <laughs> I'm not terribly upset about it. Okay, well, not anymore. But but that's why that, he'll that never name, name your baby. You would never name a potential yeah, baby yeah. that name because you'd every day for the rest of your life I would you'd just look think at that of baby that and think. <laughs> Backstabbing cocksucker. <laughs> so it'd be Rhett's first name, backstabbing cocksucker, Thire. A plus name. <laughs> that I like the thought of that being over the school intercom, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Ms. Thire, I appreciate you joining us and sharing that wonderful little story about how we're all al- how such it's such a small world <laughs> after all. My pleasure. Oh, well, I'm sure it was uh, the other guy's pleasure, too. Wasn't it, Rhett? Huh? Huh? Rhett? Huh? Oh. All right. But we have a very special guest today. He's on the hamper seat. You might know him as the last surviving member of the indie folk sensation Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. New album coming out next year. It's Byron Halcher. Hey, hey. Hey, ha, ha. you fat Albert? <laughs> no, that'd be hey, hey, hey. Um, There's a, it's a special. I'm not up on my Bill Cosby lure, sorry. <laughs> let's not talk about that. No, let's not. Let's skip that subject entirely. Um, so how you doing, Byron? I'm doing really good. I'm glad to be here tonight. Yeah, you should be. We are the highlight of your, uh, of your weekend. That's true. You better goddamn be proud that you're here. Um, we last talked to you back in, I want to say, April when we did the anniversary cast. That's and, true. Um, so, like, before we get into our little topic of discussion at the start here, why don't you tell people who you are and what the hell you do? Uh, sure. I, Byron Hulcher, I've been around the uh, socks and uh, sliders uh, and general community since, like, 2000. Six. I want to say you were there our first uh, year, but I'm when not. When was sh- that? I I when can't... was your first year? It's 2005, you dingus. Oh, oh yeah, because the because ten years. <laughs> you see, a thing about Byron, um, when, when he first showed up on the scene, it was like, oh, Byron, like he never reads anything, so he would just always come in and ask the most obvious, stupid questions that had always been there. Uh, and he always had this weird thing that would irk the shit out of me, and I think he started doing it just to piss me off, is that, like, <laughs> anytime he had a dissenting opinion about something, which, you know, that's fine, we're f- we're fine with that, he would always state his dissenting opinion and say, does that make me a bad person? It was like a proto, like, devil's advocate, well, actually, like, it, it, it didn't catch on. So I you were like to... the fedora before the, before the fedora? I think in some weird parallel universe, I could have evolved into some sort of, like, fedora-wearing gamer-gamer pickup artist. Oh, God. 
Honestly. That's like that's the mirror mirror darkest timeline. Like but thank, thankfully, however, we have you in a contraforce review wearing a very pretty fetching dress and having a nice little hairdo. Yep. That's a that's and that's where your legacy lies, really, is that one photograph. Because I get that asked about that. Everything. I get asked about it all the time. People are just like, Who was that? And I'm like, That's that's my friend Byron. Even when like you were at in the community so much for a few years, it was just like, Who's that guy? And I was like, That's my good friend Byron that abandoned me. Oh, <laughs> I came back. You did. You I did. will always come back. He he will even even when he's you know finished with us and throws us away, he'll be back. Because you know, and we'll take him back because we're we're we're, we're <laughs> abused spouses here. So hey, SGDQ's going on. Super Metroid's going on. Oh, <laughs> that's that game's done, that's the game's done quick thing, right? Yep, yep. Uh, cool. They've already hit a million. Cool. Is that um, the first time they've ever hit a million? I, no, they they hit uh, 1.5 million. Uh, uh, like that, that's their highest, and that was during uh, one of the AGDQs, I want to say, and it was during Chrono Trigger. And like with the with the pace that they are on, that they were on prior to hitting one million, the, uh, this SGDQ, <clears throat> they were they were on pace to hit it again during Chrono Trigger. Uh, it was just like wow, that just seems to be like the lucky game uh, to hit a million. But uh, somebody came in with like a big twelve thousand dollar donation uh, while the Super Mario sixty four race, which was baller, was yeah, going well. on. And um, yeah, it's uh, that's going on right now. It won't be by the time you hear this on Sunday though, because it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it ends tonight with Chrono Trigger, which I'm gonna miss most of that run as well because we have to do this dumb thing because Byron sucks. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I should have thought I got to talk to y'all. Well, nobody cares. Um, it's been so long. It been, it's, it's been, been so long. It's okay, John. We it's we still so we still dislike you just as much as we did before. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's still good. It's still all good. <clears throat> so 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 um to to, to um, I guess anyone here that has been watching SGDQ, do you have any highlights? Pokemon. What? I oh, swear yeah. to God. The Pokemon oh, shit that happened last night was goddamn <laughs> ridiculous. What? I saw a little bit of it. It was really cool. What exactly was it? Because I've seen Pokemon runs before, and they were that shit. Is and... so fucking broken. It's just hilarious. So, so you? First... Oh yeah. After you. So the first run they did was just catching all 151 while using glitches because mm-hmm. that wouldn't even be possible in the game normally. No. But like, early on they like manipulate how much PP his Bulbasaur has to start walking through walls. What? And then it gets weirder where he's like glitching out the game. And then at some point it's just like, he talks to a signpost and there's three Eevee in there. He has like pokeballs or <laughs> replacing the enemy trainers and just like fucking up to him starting fights. He caught a ghost, which is like an unidentified thing. That you're half supposed to have the key item for. And then he just goes into like glitch land for like 10 minutes. Just like, Turning Pokemon into other Pokemon and then catching them. It wow, was, this sounds was, a lot more entertaining than the runs that it they've was had. So before. weird because like so, like the runs that they've had Worcester do, which I can't stand that motherfucker. But anyway, the runs <laughs> that they've had him do in the past were just really bad and boring. And it's like it's along the same lines, but like I don't know, there was just something about the way he ran that game that was utterly just boring and shitty and his commentary was always really just kind of uh, full of self-aggrandizing bullshit, so Yeah, this was just fun cuz it was so fucking broken like I wasn't 
expecting it to it's be. It's like, how do you complete a game? It's like, how do you complete a game when you've broken it that much? It's yeah, because like, then he's like, he's doing it all by memory. Like, he didn't have his notes with him. And he's doing things like scrolling through menus and you have to, like, swap items and then throw away two to, like, manipulate values to change it to the Pokemon he wants to catch. It's, like, really weird stuff. And then they did a blindfolded run after that. I would think the oh blindfolded run... I, I would think a blindfolded run of an RPG uh, that's especially tile-based probably wouldn't be one of the worst things to try to do because you could really probably do it on muscle memory if you know how to manipulate everything uh-huh. about it the way that that guy yeah. knows how to manipulate Pokemon. Plus, I told um, I told Reed that there's two things that would make that a lot more plausible with Pokemon. If you mm-hmm. run into a wall, there's a sound effect. Yeah. Yeah, they and, use that a ton. Yeah, and every Pokemon has a unique cry at the beginning of the battle. It was so funny because... You can recognize which Pokemon it is. Yeah, really early on, like, a what, a Pidgey showed up, and the guy's just like, oh, it's a fucking Pidgey. And I saw somebody in chat being like, how does he know he's cheating? <laughs> so, yeah, those things make Pokemon blindfolded feasible, but then they have to do all that item manipulation shit to, oh like, warp, warp to the end of the game, and they did that blindfolded, and it was just, like, <laughs> fucking crazy. It's like, punch out, yeah, sure, that's feasible. I can see that, and I think that those punch out blindfolded runs are fantastic. Those are so cool. <clears throat> but then you get, like, like, like having to memorize all of this menu stuff and variables and how you're tweaking the system's memory to spit out what you want it to spit out. It's just, what? Yeah. <clears throat> like, they're triggering missing number to showing up while blindfolded. <laughs> just Jesus. like, what? That's that's crazy. I might have to go back and check the archive for that. It's fantastic. Really great. Yeah. Um, anything else? Mm, not really. I kind of feel a little burned out on these things, honestly. A little bit, yeah. I'm starting to get there. There was a little bit of frustration at the beginning. Um, after the first run with Yoshi's Island, it seems like people were oh, pretty annoyed with oh, who that was, was after that. That was a great run. The... There were some bad ones, though. Oh, uh, God. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Crash ba- Apparently, the story that I'm hearing is that the guy submitted the game to just troll people. And um, uh, when he got there, he didn't really want to do it. And he just basically... He, he, he purposefully har- uh, like soft-locked the game uh, at the end and was just like, Yeah, that's what I did. I wasted your time. And just stood up with a big shit-eating grin about what? it. What? Yeah, oh, man. I mean that's on top. Uh, that's on. That's on top of his multiple jokes about suicide that weren't funny. That nobody was laughing at this guy. He was trying mm-hmm. to be the funniest person in the room, and then he's like making domestic abuse jokes, and it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. it's like, dude, you stop it. And then at the end of his run, he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna go psycho and kill all of you one day. It's like. Dude, <laughs> you can't say these things at a freaking charity event. And he got banned. They <laughs> they punted him out of the venue. Good. Nice. Oh, cool. That's rad. Um, yeah, I turned I, that I, one off. I knew, pretty quick. I knew that he got um I knew that he got banned from Twitch. I didn't know about that. Yep. He got That's banned awesome. from both Twitch and uh, the venue. It was just like <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. And it's just cool. like, and it's just like. Nobody in the audience was laughing. And, like, all the way through runs that had been funny, the audience was clearly enjoying runners that were funny when they were, you know, not trying to overdo it. And this guy was just, like, everything he said he thought had to be this super funny thing. And any time he wanted to make a joke, especially hit home, he'd go into super whisper mode. (laughs) 
And it was just like, it's the stupidest thing. And it's like, yeah, dude, I mean, I get nerves and I get, uh, you know, like, because I don't know if any of us could do something like that in front of hundreds of, you know, 100,000 people. That's freaking scary. But it clearly wasn't the case. The guy was just there to shit on the event. And, you know, like, by his own admission, even at the end of the run, when he purposefully hard-locked the game, <laughs> it was like, dude, just get the fuck out of here. That's so weird. Uh, the Samurai Pizza Cats game run was really good. That game looks really stupid. <laughs> it's really <laughs> stupid. It's really stupid, but yeah. it, it's it's not a bad game. It, like, it's not a bad speed game to watch, and the guys were, like, literally, like, seconds apart. A game I had never seen before was the... Mat- Matilda Castilla. That game is really good. More people need to play it. This before, but it, it's it excites me because I love uh, Super uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's so the that... same guy that also did um, that one shooter. Uh, that's like Gradius. Um, mm. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, even though I played it like oh, three days I... ago. Hydora. Hydora. <clears throat> yeah, he did uh, Matilda. That game, yeah, he did that too, and he does the games by himself, uh, and he has like one dude that'll do music for him, and that's it. Um, but yeah, his, his game, like Locomolito, is his name, and his games are really, really good. Oh my god, he's yeah, his work is fantastic. Did you play mm. Gun Gods? Or yes. Wait. Oh, that's okay. I've heard of that one. Wait. Whoa. Wait a minute, Gun Gods might actually have been Flambeer. Yeah, I think Gun yeah, okay. Gods is Flambeer. Okay, sorry, but he did make it a game in that style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Locomolito is super duper cool. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, let's did see, any uh, of you see the Ocarina of Time run? No, because I'm I'm so Ocarina of Time run <laughs> yeah. out. Like, it is at every single event now, and it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I can't watch that game anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it especially worthwhile, or was it just like, hey, here's another fast run of Ocarina of Time? It was pretty, uh, <laughs> the glitches were pretty interesting. I thought, or, like, the the setup they had for the glitch was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, warped them to the end of the game. Yeah, that's I right. thought the, the extra touch was uh, because they transported to the end of, end of the game from the end of the first dungeon. Yeah. They were still Young Link with a stick. Yep. And because the stick is apparently four damage, uh, which is equal to the Master Sword in damage, because mm-hmm. they don't expect you to be Young Link with the stick at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was like an extra... I, I don't know. That was... Uh, that's really cool. It's a cool... Uh, that's a cool little run, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, the way they wrong warp it. And it's just like... People are like... They like... People like... Speedrunners like now are so different because I used to speedrun Super Metroid a lot. I was involved with the community quite a bit. And, like, back then, like, I just, I don't remember ever hearing people talking about saving frames or altering values. It was just like, we're playing this game really fast and it's execution-based, but now it's just like, everything is so, like, the the TAS people and the speedrun people are so close now that they can, like, replicate these, which should be you know, not even humanly possible tricks with Mm -hmm. enough practice because, you know, they know when to do them. So it's just like, that's really crazy now to see where speedrunning is. And to a degree, like, it makes a lot of games that I I just don't want to watch because it's just like, oh, here's another 3D game where they're just going out of bounds. Okay. It's like, I I typically just uh, skip 3D games altogether. Um, So, like, when you ran Super Metroid, was arm pumping a thing? Yeah. 
that was that was like a thing back then. A frame. Yeah, that was a thing back then. Because besides that, like Super Metroid actually seems to be one of the games that's not as broken. Yeah, it can be though. Yeah, I've seen. Lord some Almighty, that game can, that game can like you can't finish the game, um, but you can clear all areas with one percent. Oh, I was thinking about like the skip to get past Damn. the statue. Yeah, that too. Where they're like super bombing through the ceiling. Oh or my something. god. Yeah, I guess that game's pretty broken too. That game is really, really broken. Like, if you ever have some time, like, look up like Secret World stuff where they're just like completely bugging out what screens are displaying, but like room data for the room they're supposed to be going to is loading. Yeah, it's forget, it's bizarre. I forget what run it was, but where like the whole time they're just talking about like manipulating values behind the scenes to get the RNG they want. And I'm just like speedrunning really has changed. Yeah, it's it's. Like, I, I find myself getting less and less interested in it because of that. Because, like, I I like games that require a lot of uh, heavy, like, not necessarily manipulation of values, but that they require execution. So, like, a, yeah. super, a super Mario race is always going to be fun to watch, I think. Uh, the, the Bionic Commando Rearm 2 run was really good, too, because it was a lot of execution uh, with some really funny glitches uh, happening mm. by making Spencer scream forever. <laughs> like he has uh, the death from above attack from uh, the 2009 game and there's a way you can trigger that when getting on an elevator because I've made it happen back two or three times when I originally played the game and didn't know what the hell happened but uh, if you do it a certain way while getting on an elevator he'll just scream forever <laughs> and they called that uh, hype mode percent where like people could donate to turn hype mode on or off <laughs> so it was just like Spencer screaming the whole time ah just running around shooting things and screaming like a madman. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's a good run, though. I definitely recommend it. And, the, like, the commentary was just really great. Uh, it was by Peaches, and that guy is always really funny. Um, That's not the Peaches from our form, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. That guy is known as Yarum now. Oh, right. Yeah. I think you hit on something really good about Super Mario Brothers. Uh, being worthwhile for speedrunning because the Super Mario Brothers three uh, race uh, oh yesterday was really great, and oh that was God. like there was, was no glitching, there was nothing. It was a one hundred percent run, and it was so so perfect that they just had like mastery of the game. Similar with the Mega Man four race, that was oh that so race was cool. so good. They were within frames of one another finishing. It was the, like <laughs> super good. Like, I, I usually am kind of tired of the Mega Man block by this point, too. And it's especially just oversaturated this year because they had, like, a Mega Man X block and a classic Mega Man block. Mega Man just, and Base. Uh, and Mega Man and Base. My God, that game's awful. <laughs> Stop playing it. It's bad. I just had a really long talk about that game with somebody, like, last week. And I was like, I remember playing this game in, like, the six-month stretch where I played, like, 30 Mega Man games and I remember thinking it was okay. And then she was like, yes, oh yeah, it's great. It's so hard, but I love it. And I was like, oh, cool. She's wrong. Okay, cool. <laughs> She's totally wrong. You can trust me. Have I ever led you astray, John? Not really. After Secret of Mana, I basically, I trust you almost completely. You and Anna. <laughs> we are the ones you turn to. Uh, yeah, just for... listen to Polly, listen to Anna. Don't listen to Reed. He wants me to play Bioshock Infinite. I don't really want... Speaking of Bioshock Infinite, apparently that was a really good speed run. <laughs> because you can't die in that game. 
like Elizabeth just brings you back no matter yeah, what. Yeah. So what he was doing was like using the grenade launcher to shoot himself through doors and then die on the other side, and she just brings him back on the other side. <laughs> so it's like this big eight-hour first-person shooter, and he does it in like two hours. And it's like great. This bad game is over with six hours sooner. <laughs> wow! Come at me, bro. Mm. Uh, all right, so uh, I guess if we've got nothing else to say about SGDQ, other than, hey, you know, those guys are awesome and I still love what they do, even if I'm kind of burned out on the idea. I mean, um, I still think races, I think races are what keep me coming back now. Yeah. It's like a week-long event that's twice a year now. That is a long time. Yeah, and they're just getting bigger and bigger as time goes. It's just like, where's, like, critical mass for these things? It's just like, it's, it's almost basically an expo at this point. Yeah. It's a convention you go to and hang out with people and watch people play games really good. Maybe it'll turn into, like, a convention-style thing. There'll oh, be more geez. of this. As long as they keep giving to charity. Like, there's a million dollars. So, like, I'm all for, there should be one of those every week, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if, like, if that was feasible, I'd totally be behind it. Um and I'm hoping to throw my my hat into the ring of doing uh, charity streaming uh, either before the end of the year or early next year. I wanted to do it before now, obviously, but it's just timing, bad timing on everything. So mm-hmm. maybe we I'll... should pick a, a game to race for Final Fantasy IV. Oh, fuck you! Let's just do like a relay of Final Fantasy IV. Everybody has to Woo! play two hours, and and then we just pass the save file and the emulator off to the next person. I like that. But I wouldn't get to play the whole game. No. That's not make how it John works. play the saddest parts. Yeah, we'll just make him play the saddest <laughs> parts and, and and like getting him to play the saddest parts would be great for donations too because he could like read off like what we're donating for while crying at the same time. <laughs> It'll be really good for emotional impact. Okay, if you want me if you if you want me to do the Zeromus fight and the stuff leading up to that, then you can get a good like cry <laughs> on stream and that'd be good. <laughs> all right. So I guess with all yeah, of that I guess with all of that out of the way, Byron! Yeah. You heard me, didn't you? What the hell are you doing? Right now? No. What have you been doing that you want to talk about on this here podcast? Uh, well, much to your uh, unhappiness, I started playing Dark Souls 2 yesterday (laughs) since I finished with Dark Souls 1. That game he's starts fin- okay. He's finished with Dark Souls 1, but he hasn't completed it. I can't get past that boss, and I just am tired Wait. of... Which boss first, is like, it? The fucking fire tree. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's the shittiest part of the game. Yep, that's a real shitty boss, but you should just so soldier through. I'm there with three different characters, and you I'm over to, it. You had to have <laughs> been able to do at least one of them by now, Byron. Besides, there's an re- easy way to cheese that boss in a way. Yeah, there's a. Have you done the two things on the side? Yeah. There's okay. a spot where you can just walk forward. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can't. I'm definitely doing the thing where I walk forward and then he instantly it's kills. With his... Well, that's yeah, why you, you learn. Yeah, you gotta time it, Byron. You can't just like hold for. This isn't Sonic the Hedgehog. This, no you way. Don't, you don't <laughs> I hold. Had, I had no idea that this was like a timing-based combat system. I've just... Yeah, you gotta. Hold forward and then roll into the wall. All of my enemies, <laughs> slowly <laughs> kicking them off of ledges uh, the entire game. That's what I, I want to do an all kick run. <laughs> I finished. I was playing that part when I was like at the end of the semester of college, and I had a really big project due, 
and I was staying up all night and I recognized that I was staying up all late, so, night, so I was like, okay, I can procrastinate. Um, I know, I'll play more Dark Souls. That game will make me feel a lot better and relaxed, which, you know, it does for the most part. Um, and then I was on that part of the game. And I spent two hours, like, on this really stressful morning, banging my head against the bed of chaos um, and the, that whole Lost Isolith area and the one before it. So Dark Souls wasn't there for me when that you, day. When you should have been sleeping in your bed of not chaos. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm so funny. But yeah, I beat comedy that podcast. Everybody, like an hour and a half when I had no sleep. So. Like I did that like my second time. Like, like I. You're the only one. I knew that you had to hit the things on the side first because it's pretty obvious. And then I died, and then I came back, and they weren't there again. So it's just like, oh, okay, I need to time this so I can go down the middle, and. Like, I don't think you want to jump uh, for the bottom. You want to just, like, roll off. Like, don't yeah, don't try to jump. Just roll off in there. Uh, try to keep yourself aimed steady just towards the middle. Just watch the YouTube video. Like, just watch somebody else do it. And I recognized there's bullshit, so I just watched someone else do it so I could have an idea of what I was supposed to do. And trust, just, me, the, and trust me, Centipede Demon is way more bullshit than Bed of Chaos. I fucking know. Dude, bet you can't even see what the centipede demon's doing three fourths can, of the time. At least you can something centipede still there. Centipede demon, there. I already that was like easy. Whatever, people are idiots. <laughs> I beat the centipede demon on my first try, but I have no idea how. I think I just got really lucky. Like he ran on top of me, and then I just kind of wailed on his stomach. That's kind of what I did. It was just <laughs> like it's just like, oh hey, my camera's doing a thing where I can't see anything. Spam attack buttons and pray. So yeah. I can tell that already in Dark Souls 2 that, like, I'm not so into the world and, like, theming isn't, like, quite as there as, like, Dark Dark Souls, like, really sold me on this whole new mythology and universe and all the, like, crazy stuff that happened. And this kind of just feels like, I'm a guy and I'm in a town and there's a forest and there's a bunch of zombies and I gotta kill them. And curse, 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 curse. The reason curse. you didn't run back and play there the curse. The first, so when I was playing last night and Polly, you were watching me, you mm-hmm. neglected to tell me that I didn't speak with the NPC who gives me the ability to level up my character uh, and trade in Estus uh, Flask's shards. There's also an Estus Flask shard right there in the village. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. You neglected to Well, <laughs> Byron. So I was, like, running around the game losing uh, souls like left and right without yes. knowing where to treat the men. Well, you only get, like, one swig of Estus when you grab that thing anyway. It's not like it would have saved you much. That's true. I but uh, I, I eventually found her, is what I'm trying to say. She's my wifey. Is she? Yeah. She kind of... She, she's kind of mean. Kind of cold. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I like it. I'm more into that, uh... Those five chicks in the hut. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, old ladies need love, too. That's what the Golden Girls were for. I'd watch that anime with a bunch of middle school girl firekeepers. They're all at firekeeper... <laughs> Dark Souls Academy. They have I really like, like oh. the Firekeeper in An Orlando. Sensei Ornstein and, and Sensei Smog. <laughs> gonna play. I'd watch that. 
Don't tell me you wouldn't watch that. I'd watch it. I'd watch they it. Have you a, got me. They have a uh, Attack on Titan <laughs> middle school show. I oh, saw, good God. I oh, saw God. a thing about that. Did you see that thing? No, I didn't no. watch Attack on Titan at all. Well, they have a show where they're all in middle school with, like, the Titans and the main characters in chibi form. <laughs> well, they have one of those for Evangelion. Yeah, it's like 3D, like, there's then there's, like, Poochie Evangelion, which is, like, CG animated, and there's, like, no dialogue. Yeah, it's just, like, I remember about half, thinking about half of those are pretty cute, actually. They were, they were adorable. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, the Shinji Akari Raising Project uh, manga, which is, like, entirely set in middle school, and it's basically, like, romance manga. I recently discovered there's this, like, Japanese Transformers manga where there's like girl these like high school girls have to like kiss transformers to give them super transforming <laughs> power and like all the like decepticons are like like super crazy tentacle vor monsters <laughs> and like yeah it's like a thing and there's like a lot of canon around it wow so look that up that sounds super great. So you're playing Dark Souls 2 now, and yeah, like, the world, it's not as good. And it, if it, you, it if, gets worse. Yeah, it gets real. measurably worse as I you miss, go. I miss, uh, I miss my buddy, the the sun guy, Solaire. Oh, he was like, he's my, my homeboy. I saved him in... Well, in don't worry, because they pander to people like you. Oh, yeah. You, like... That's the one thing Dark Souls 2 does a lot of, and it's like, it suckles at the teat of Dark Souls 1 so hard. Love it. I love teat suckling. It's, it's not. In really general. Like the, like, the world design's bad. There's, like, nothing. Like, everything is just, like, here's your hub world, and everything kind of is just a spoke from that. Yeah, there's no connectivity, like, the first yeah, game. Yeah, it's okay. It's no, okay. No, it's not. The the combat, I'm enjoying the combat, though. That's kind yeah, of like that's... the one thing that I feel the combat and like enemy is like... If is you say the enemy of... designs are better, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt you. I haven't seen... I much more have enjoyed like these intro fights. Mm. I well, feel like, I feel like they ramped it up. They ramped up the, the intro of the game better than in Dark Souls where it was just like... Here's this like really easy intro area, and then they were just like, "Fuck it, good luck." <laughs> but that's what makes the first game like. That's what gives it its character. I think is that. But wait, uh... aren't you playing Scholar of the First Sin? Yes, he is. I thought oh. that one was also like, "Fuck it, you're in." Yeah, like because there are enemies all over that game that were never there in the original, and it's just like it's just enemies from way later in the game, and they just kind of plop them out way sooner. Like they put twice as many enemies in Forest of Fallen Giants and stuff. Yeah. I haven't like those... been more annoyed at this game than, like, mm. I was at Dark Souls. And I'm, like, I'm actually doing pretty good because just because I'm, like, still in the the Dark Souls, like, mode right now. Right, you know, right. Uh, to be able to play it. So I'm probably at peak, like, uh, this part of the game. I've, like, been able to beat each of the bosses after, like, a couple tries. Well, you're gonna probably do that with all the bosses, because <laughs> yeah. all the bosses are the same fight. Well, it's nice, now that I'm playing this, because there's a lot of people in Scholar of the First Sins multiplayer. So, yeah. like, the last, when I, I faced the Pursuer, who was really annoying one-on-one, -on -one, and then I went human mode, 
and I had three buddies uh, pop <laughs> oh, in there. Jesus and so, and so it was like, and also like the last giant, who's the first boss uh, of the game. It was like I joined in on like a four person, and it's like at that point, like it's really easy. But now I'm up against a boss that's like there are three of them, and I definitely oh, yeah. summon ruin centuries. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can kill anything one-on-one, but anything more than that, and I'm pretty much, like, fucked. I can kill anything one-on-one. I had to fight the last giant with four people. (laughs) No, I helped somebody take on the last giant. No, but the pursuer I definitely needed uh, four people for. He's got a pretty discernible The first time some, uh, some asshole ballisted me. Oh, yeah, that can happen. That they like, usually probably they, don't. I was the host, and yeah, they probably did it on purpose. They either didn't mean to, which is common because I've no, gotten, I've no, gotten. I, if I knew I could do that, I would do that to somebody. Probably, uh, yeah, because I, I've had it done to me uh, in the past, and but I but might go it, back to that area right now. But when it was done to me, like I was playing it like day of launch, so like it, my thought was just like, oh, this guy does not know how to use the ballista. You're generous. I try to be. But they say it's one of my most redeeming qualities. It's just how generous I'm, and loving and caring I am. Yeah, you're understanding when people mes- make mistakes. I try to be. Except when people but... like bad games. <laughs> About the go. difficulty, though, like, your first Souls game is always going to be the hardest. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a new playstyle. You're not for... used to it. My first playthrough of Dark Souls was, like, the roughest. Yeah. So you probably... Now I understand, like, what they're going for, though. And I know what to look for. It was, like, at this point in Dark Souls 2 especially, I was just like, oh, yeah, illusionary walls all over the place. (laughs) I found, like, a whole bunch of them, like, just first try, just knowing kind of the pattern where they they make it really obvious in, like, their own Dark Souls way. Some of the (laughs) hidden walls in Dark Souls 2, you, you don't actually hit to open. You have to, like, hit the confirm button on them without any kind of, like knowledge of what you're like of what you're standing in front of is a fake wall or not so sometimes like if you think an invisible wall is there and you hit it and you didn't get it you might want to try clicking uh the confirm button on it Mm -hmm. i um my first souls game was dark souls i think i played a little bit of demon souls a couple years ago but dark souls is my first one proper and i described that game to people as making me feel like i was walking on clouds (laughs) and just felt very warm and welcomed can I just yeah. tell one quick story? Okay. About, Go for it. <laughs> about the invisible wall thing, like in Bloodborne, there aren't those. But then I found one in the entire game. There's just one. There's one. And it was so weird because it was in a chalice dungeon and there was a note there that says invisible wall ahead. I'm just like, oh, whatever. But I hit it anyways and I turn around and it opened. I'm just like, what the fuck? That there never are- worked. That- Never works. This was like a hundred hours into the game. I'm like, I practically dropped the controller in shock. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. So, so you're like sending me your PS4 this week so I can play Bloodborne, right? Yeah, totally. All right, cool. I'll be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to come to PC nope, eventually. No, nope, no, nope, don't. Is it's, that like it's Sony funded? Yeah. And they need it because what else is there on fucking yeah. PS4? <laughs> You say that, it'll come. One day it will come. No, it won't. Demon's Souls never came. Demon's Souls never came, and we're just, we're gonna get Dark Souls 3. 
and you're just gonna oh have... god that's a thing i forgot yeah you just, <laughs> forgot. Well, just gonna have to be, be happy you don't think that's gonna come to pc it is oh, oh, dark it is coming? 3 definitely oh thank god dark souls like they're they're being coy about it because i'm sure that they want the console versions to sell first but mm. yeah it'll come to pc and but like, bloodborne will never <sighs> no I, I i'm thinking though maybe like they'll just like take a lot of nods from bloodborne and put those in that could be cool i honestly forgot that was a thing yeah it's kind of <laughs> easy it's kind of easy to forget things in the current climate of games really Mm-hmm. There's so much coming out. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, yeah, there's like a Souls game every year or something. It's weird. It's like they're annualizing it or something. Oh. Yeah, I'm not even going to really think about Dark Souls 2 and 3 until I play Demon Souls. The, the thing, though, is Miyazaki has said, like, like, like beyond Dark Souls 3, his, his, like, as a company, they're trying to think past Dark Souls. Like, they don't want to just be the Dark Souls company. So I'm hoping that that's not just, you know, someone trying to curry favor and, you know, just be like, hey, look, I'm saying the thing you want to hear. Speaking of Japanese developers that will say anything you want to hear. <laughs> Ooh, good one. Later, Red. I know you're chomping in the bit at the bit here, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. What else are you up to, Byron? Um, let's see. Uh, I've been replaying Fallout 3 in anticipation for Fallout 4 coming out. Ooh. Since that's uh, also dropping this fall. I, you I, don't ha- think... I, have you fall- don't... I have Fallout 3, and then it won't run on my system. For How some does Fallout 3... That? How does Fallout 3 compare with the visions of the original two games? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question, John. Go for it. Well, 3 is actually a lot more of a Bethesda... 3 is a lot more like Morrowind or Oblivion and then put in the Fallout universe than it is like an actual uh, Fallout game. It's very much dressed in like Mm. Fallout's clothing, but really it's like Morrowind. It's an Elder Scrolls game. It's Oblivion Uh, with guns. That's what everybody called it. that's, That's really... Uh, what it is and it lifts the setting and what I think it does it takes the tone of the Fallout series and all of the like the the feeling and like the the aesthetic of it and really runs with it and that in that regard it's very successful and they they expand kind of the 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 idea of like Fallout into like a whole universe and in that way like they do a really great job of it um, but as opposed as to being like an actual spiritual successor to the Fallout One and Two, uh, New Vegas is a lot more successful in that regard. But That's in cool. only that regard. That's kind of what it, it sounded like. Yeah, I get past the intro of Fallout Three, um, and it just dies. Like, like I get it. <laughs> I get to the wasteland, and like you could play for maybe 15 20 minutes and the game will just crash and so if you're oh. if you're playing on PC an important thing is that you need to download a mod, a mod to be able to enable the oblivion engine that runs it mm-hmm. to be able to use more than 4 gigabytes of memory mm-hmm. um, because that's a limit that the original engine has i of course so it's uh like the unfortunate thing is like Fallout Three is this really great game, but I also can't recommend you play it without installing like one or two graphical mods plus like ten basic like other mods. mods. Like <laughs> you just need it. It's kind of like uh when I when I first played Dark Souls and it was like 
it was like, oh, why I, I can't even like really play this game until I installed like DS Fix and set yeah. up DS Fix into a. So I feel like it's the same thing. Like PC games are really good at lasting. Like they're they're in some ways easier to play and easier to archive as time goes on, but in other ways, like it's harder. Like I think that's an example of like there's no way they're ever gonna patch that. So you're just gonna have to wait until they do Fallout Three. HD remix hyper fighting uh, in one or two years. Yeah, it'll happen. Don't worry. I think Fallout Three specifically had issues with Windows Seven. Yeah, oh, that, that totally. was the pro- that was the problem I ran into. Basically, like any time I looked up a solution, it was just like they're never patching it. They've said as much, <laughs> and Windows Seven is fucked. It's rough if you have like a. 360 or PS3, uh, the Game of the Year edition uh, is pretty solid, uh, and they patched out a lot of the bugs from the original uh, version. So if you do have a console uh, available, those are like... I I recommend those, and you can pick them up at GameStop for like dirt cheap, because nobody... I don't know, maybe maybe at this point they like jacked up the price of Fallout 3 since Fallout 4 is coming out uh, so soon. I have heard really bad things about the PC... PS3 version. Oh yeah, the PS3. The PS3 version, like the further you get into the game and the more you do, the bigger the save file gets and like the game just keeps performing worse and yeah. worse. Oh, I bummer. Heard that was the original I thought they patched, I don't know. I, I think I, that version I had. I don't think they did because the same problem happens in Skyrim. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's uh, just, that, those okay, are the versions well, I have both of those games. I've never really played them, but that's gross. If you yeah, have I, it for a 360, uh it works yeah. fine. That's the one I played. Uh, I played New Vegas on the 360, and that was uh, that was okay. Well, I think you'll find that I'm all about that new hotness, so I'm not gonna oh, go yeah. back and play old. Well, balls. you should just play Fallout 4 when it comes yeah. out. That's literally going to be the greatest game of all time ever, and I'm not gonna need to ever play another game again until. Yeah, because it's it's every game in there. Yeah, it's basically like every genre you can think of. They somehow got. I mean, fuck. They I know. Even got a, they even so got a ping excited. pong game in there. How do they do that? To. It's you Hotel California. Yeah. Sorry. So Fallout. <laughs> so, so it, the one the one thing I knew, heard about Fallout that I felt like was pretty descriptive about the differences between Fallout Three and the other ones. So in Fallout One and Two, you have a reputation thing. You have a reputation stat, right? Mm-hmm. And when you are caught doing bad things, your reputation goes down, and people treat you differently. Whereas in Fallout 3, you don't have reputation, you have karma, where when you do something bad, then your karma goes down and people treat you differently, but you don't have to get caught doing it. You just, it just has a stat of how good a person you are. Yeah, it's like you'll kill somebody and it'll just immediately say karma down. Mm-hmm. Very much the like KOTOR style. You just like yeah. take evil actions and everyone's like, ah, well, he's a Sith. Mm-hmm. Tell by his red glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. I love I love my red glow and eyes in Mass Effect. Mm. I was I was space asshole number one, and I enjoyed <laughs> every moment. My face was all scarred up, and my eyes glowed red. <laughs> it was fantastic. Woo! But yeah, that does seem like Fallout Three might be a little more explicitly moralistic in that way. Yeah, yeah. Every quest has like, okay, do you want the evil ending or the good ending? Ah. Uh. Fallout 3, I think what they sell in that is much more of the survivor aspect, whereas the Fallout games are kind of about, like, party and, like, helping and meeting people. Fallout 3 is much more that you're, like, kind of a detached 
wanderer drifting in and out of like situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so like I think there's not so much reputation in the sense that like there's you're not really like visiting or revisiting people. There's kind of like you and there's like the giant army that is your enemy. And then there's like the like few NPCs who are putting you on the quest. But right. those only tar- total up to like three, really, that you ever really oh, have wow. to talk to in the the main quest line. And then Ooh. there's like there's there's a lot of like NPCs and and there's others. Like, there's much more to it, but like that's the it's like rather than having like they have all these characters and these interactions, but it's much more that like it's set up that they're each like kind of vignettes that like you never like return to, and you just like you encounter this thing and then you like move on from those characters. Yeah, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. almost kind of set up more like Mad Max in that regard. I, yeah, when I you said the Lone Wanderer, that's what came into my head too. Yeah, I, I think it's really they 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 did a really good job, and I think it's a really great evolution again from like the Morrowind Oblivion, uh, from those games. Like you can tell that like it was definitely the Bethesda people who had built those games, and then we're like, oh, but now you get to do it, and it's like future sci-fi like post-apocalyptic like gun violence which appealed to and, me like, a lot more because i tend oh, yeah. to i tend to be really bored by fantasy setting me uh me too uh and it, that's like i the skyrim games and the other like elder school morrowind and skyrim like i've played a lot of both of them but they never like the world of skyrim for all its detail and all of everything like i never gave a fuck about it and like <laughs> i could not care less about like the gods and the Daedric and the demons and all these different like country these like fiefdoms that I'm fighting for and all of these people like I didn't care I did not care about like any of them at all and like the game could not bring it to me to get like pathos or whatever like emotion I'm supposed to feel for them right yeah Fallout 3 was the first game from like the last generation that I was like okay I'm on board now they showed Vats and they showed a guy's head blowing off and I'm just like yep I want to play this (laughs) then you did for a lot of hours oh my god I played Fallout 3 twice as well Yeah, (laughs) I thought you played it three times because you played it again like recently didn't you like in the last year or so no I started another Skyrim game because I'm crazy oh yeah that's right Skyrim yeah so Ooh. Fallout's pretty rad, I guess. The new rad, game's rad, be... huh? Oh, rad, yeah. So ah, ah. I didn't even know I made that joke at first. <laughs> I'm so excited for the new game uh, coming out. Though everything they've shown about it makes it look awesome, and all of the all of the different like systems, and it, it looks like if it's more of the like Fallout Three spirit. I know a lot of people who are like fans of the classic games like deride that one, but like. Fallout 3 is what got me into the mm-hmm. Fallout games uh, and the whole series as a whole. And that's what, like, I definitely fell in love with Fallout 3 specifically and then got more into, like, the other Elder Scrolls and the other Fallout games, like, as two different branches from that. So if, mm-hmm. like, Fallout 4 is more of it, then, like, yeah, I got the pre order with the, like, stupid uh, arm pit boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I threw down all the money for that because I, I was just like, well, I can't. I don't want to be sitting here regretting not doing that. You know, you've got to. 
you cell know, phone you, strapped to your arm. Yeah, you, I'm you know gonna you, it. I'm gonna wear gotta... it to work. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you better, and we better see pictures. The the one thing at one point Bethesda sold an official Vault 101, which is the Vault from Fallout 3. They sold a a, a suit, an actual, not like even a sh- a track suit or some like knockoff. It was literally the Vault suit, the like jumpsuits from it was like a speed suit kind of thing from oh my God. Uh, Fallout 3. And I didn't buy it, and now and they they went off sale, and I've been like kicking myself uh, ever since for not buying it when they were like the window where they were available because that would have been like, oh, it would have been so perfect now with the pit boy uh, that I'm about to get in uh, in November. Now you're just gonna have to be normal old Byron with a pit boy. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna have to pay someone like a thousand dollars on Etsy to commission me a like custom handmade vault suit. The showing obvious up, Showing up at your local anime convention. It's Byron. Look out for him in his big blue vault suit. That suit's not very flattering. No, no. <laughs> that original, the trailer for Fallout 4 was so weird where it's like, <laughs> oh, this is really nice looking. Like, look at these environments and there's color. And then they show that guy's ass. <laughs> it's the flattest ass ever. That's not an ass. Look at Metal Gear Solid 4 if you want that's to an see ass. it. That's an ass. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a lot of ass. Oh. I, I actually, I really enjoyed uh, when I was playing, uh, not to go back, but going back to, to, to Dark Souls, uh, when I was playing with a run with the Black Knight Halberd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't wear any armor. And so I had like litter, I was totally naked character with just the Black Knight <laughs> Halberd and a shield. Oh, God. And like, there's a lot of ass, like in those yeah. models. Uh, and I don't know if it was better or worse when I was hollowed versus when I was human, but like. <laughs> I stared at a lot of Dark Souls ass during during that run. Get you some of that brownish green, uh, torn up, nice and folded and, and cracked everywhere ass. I, in Dark Souls Two, you can choose your physique, and I definitely chose the like super corpuscular, uh, like you uh, mode. I, I, I like that. I haven't seen how my ass is. I'll have to compare. Asses. Maybe maybe I'll do an article for uh, for socks uh, socks make people sexy when Dark Souls comes out. A Dark Souls like astrospective ages ass ass yeah astrospective <laughs> yes. Um, I promise I will do that. All right, I I will be waiting as as will all listeners with bated breath on on but your final. Uh, your final critique of how the Soul series has handled its abundance of ass. Mm. Cool. Anything else you've been up to? That's about it for me, I think. Really? Like, uh, I think that's about the only exciting thing. Is I've this the part of the podcast where you wanted to play with your pecker? Because that's what it says on your rider, is that Byron should be given time <laughs> to play with his pecker. Right oh, I thought that was the lat. Never mind. Oh wait, no, it was like oh, little pecker. I'm sorry, it was little pecker. You know. I thought we already had pecker time. Uh, did we? Did you have pecker time and I not know it? A couple pecker times. Oh, I feel it's so not a very. I feel so dirty. Long process, if you will. <laughs> oh, cool. Hmm. Cool. Well, I guess cool. we will move on then. John Thire! Yay! Oh, you, I hear 
you've been up to things, and since you skipped out on our last episode... Oh, boy. That was so sad. Yeah. The, um, the guest was really cool. Had a lot of cool thoughts. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was like, that would have been the perfect guest for you to be on. Man, Rhett, I know. Not... It, wouldn't have just been, it wasn't just stuff that was cool. It was also some stuff I could have like kind of argued about with. That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. We we're going to have her on again at some point, uh, definitely. So we're just going to like turn you two loose, and then me and Rhett, and we're just going to go grab a drink. Take it Brad, I we'll can say where I think Kirby's political. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <Yes. laughs> oh, God. Alright, well, I played a bunch of games, and I actually have a list here, because uh-uh. I um, haven't... The last thing I talked about on the podcast was Shin Megami Tensei, and that was over a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, I've got a... Everything since then is stuff I can talk about on the podcast. Oh, boy. Yay. <clears throat> That's why All I right. kept it brief. Let's let's begin. Um, I started with a game that I guess we haven't talked about much yet. Uh, I've played Fallout. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Uh, it was the very first Fallout, which is cool because it's um, kind of small scale compared to a lot of Western RPGs. If any of y'all have played it, I know I've Byron it. has. I've yep. I was waiting for Byron to help you carry this portion. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I didn't want to cut John off immediately and start jumping into how much I fucking <laughs> love that game. And, and, and how wrong he is. It, it's. I'm glad you came around, John, if you want to tell the story oh, yeah. of how fucking okay, wrong so, so I started that game... <laughs> And I played it, um, I picked one of the pre-baked characters mm-hmm. and just kind of went at it. And then after I went to the first vault, I found myself down in Necropolis and then suddenly realized that I had the water chip. And then I was like, oh, I guess I can just go beat the game. Oh, wow, there's only one more quest left. And then I started looking at a walkthrough, which was a, kind of a bad choice. And then I started thinking really hard about the story and I kind of intellectualized myself into disliking it. And then I went on a big, long Twitter rant. And yeah, then did. I had some several really smart people kind of come in and talk, chat at me, with me about it. And then, like, that night, I was like, huh, maybe I'm full of shit. And <laughs> then, a, like, a week later, I started a new file with made my own character and then just kind of started meticulously working my way from town to place and talking to everybody, taking, trying to take on all the different quests. I got was way more power, way stronger. Um, and that was very rewarding. I met a lot of characters that I didn't even encounter on my first way through. Just all the people in Sandy Sands I'd missed. Um, wow. Sandy Sands. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm having a much better time with that now. I kind of put it down for a bit because I played like half of it and then put it down and then picked it back up and played like half of it. So I was kind of needed a break um but i'm all aboard fallout now uh, i think i cleared out junk town last time i played it so nice next That's is really the cool. hub and um then i guess i can go take on necropolis and finish that water quest again um yeah life is good That's uh, uh i'm i'm glad you you came around mm-hmm. to uh to enjoying it what can you remind me what uh I didn't like. What were the skills that you you took for your <laughs> your custom character? Do you remember that the three that you? Picked? No, I honestly don't remember. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, um, but I was very happy with my extremely personalized equipment loadout, and that was so much more fun than just picking the pre-baked character. See, you do that all the time in games. You always pick like the most boring 
milk toast guy that they give you, and it's just like, why are you doing this, John? This is not how you enjoy these kinds of games. Yeah, I did, I did that with Mass Effect One, which was stupid. Yep. Um, and then um, with Dark Souls, I was super in depth and personal with it, and I really like Nova, and um, so since then I've been a lot better about that. But Fallout One, I made the wrong choice, and I, I think I'm on much on a much better path for enjoying it now. Cool. Also, another cool thing about Fallout 1, um, there's a timer that goes down, and if it hits zero, then the game ends. Just throughout the whole thing. Throughout, um, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't save your people. Yeah, yep. for the first, like, half the game. Um, well, I, the I game, think... Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you might notice that, like, the game follows a very strict, like, adherence to the, like, monomyth, the, like, uh, Campbell's like hero's journey with like mm-hmm. the hero uh having like the call of the quest and then being yeah. sent out from the world into like very much rebuffed by the end at the end right and then returning and then having to be sent again using all of the knowledge to defeat the military and yeah and then coming back and like uh and ultimately being like shunned mm-hmm. uh out it, it, it's so it, it they really they really tried to stick uh, to that idea of like the story, I think that's kind of like one of the reasons. I definitely encourage you to play Fallout Two. Um, it's really interesting, but I almost feel like the things that you really enjoy out of Fallout, now that you've come around to it, like the mm-hmm. things that you're talking about, are kind of the things they lose out on in Fallout Two. Yeah, because I really like the small scale, and I really like just kind of the purpose and momentum of it. It's like you you have this immediate goal and once that goal is done then there's one more goal and then the game ends well i hope uh, you like pop culture references because fallout 2 is all about making yeah i'm probably just gonna references. i'm probably just not gonna play that for a while <laughs> the um i talked to chatted with a lot of people at, about that game and i think um i'm gonna get kind of my fill of what i'm interested in in these games um out of the first one once i'm yeah done i with definitely it. definitely recommend at least for you. a while I what I what I challenge you to do is that mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you've read I hope you haven't backed it if you will um, I know basically everything that happens in the first Fallout but now I want to actually experience in context it in you context. should definitely find out the there's a peaceful ending where you don't actually have to fight the master yeah yeah uh, I know about that if you do that's definitely you should definitely experience uh, that if you haven't watched it. Uh, because that's like, it's a really great, that's some of the best writing I think they did, uh, in the whole game is that like ending, uh, that ending part there with him. That's really Uh, cool. So if you, if you find a way, it's like, I think you have to talk to someone in the brotherhood of steel, Mm -hmm. uh, base is someone gives you like a disc. And if you have that, then you can do it. Uh, I think my speech is very leveled up. So I think I might be able to pull that off. Nice. So definitely, definitely try to do that with your character because I think that's the like that's the best. Uh, that's that's what I consider the canon ending to uh, to Fallout. Neat. Yeah, that game's really neat. Um, Fallout. I, I, when I when I mentioned Fallout One on Twitter, it was like Byron came in was and was enthusiastic, and then like three super um, like overthinky thing overthink things. People came in and chatted with me. And then all of them <laughs> talked about how much they hated Fallout Three, which seemed to be fitting a stereotype. The stereotype there, which was funny, just with the old, um, old old computer RPG fans. 
I think um, it's the epitome of that uh, PC RPG. I, I definitely kind of like the what like that style of game over some of the like the later like thing. Not no, Baldur's Gate. I mean, was really great, and that series um, was really good. But some of the other uh, games to to come out of those final those like fantasy RPGs in general, uh, I was less than impressed by. Um, I've never really fully enjoyed a Western RPG, um, at least not from that era. Um, so I've always kind of considered that like a uh, empty space in my appreciation of games. So I've been trying to keep I keep trying to find another a game that'll kind of click with me, and I feel you like try, with Fallout uh, One. I kind of worked out a lot of my issues with the other games I tried in the genre and I kind of made my peace with them. And now I feel like I can enjoy this game and maybe move on to other things. Try Baldur's Gate because they just did like an enhanced uh, edition that they just released. And I think like that that's like a really uh, I really liked Baldur's Gate, the, the first one. And maybe that like if I was going to recommend any Western RPG for you to. If you're gonna try again, like give that one a shot. Cool. Do you, you and Polly, do Reed and Polly have any ideas there? I fully uh, agree with Byron on this one. I like Baldur's Gate. Cool. I don't know what Western RPGs are anymore. Neither do. Well, yeah, they, it's very vague now. <laughs> Western Western RPGs don't have cute anime girls, so Rhett cannot like them. It's like a law. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So is that like a, that's gonna be a a kickstarter idea so what you're saying is like an isometric western rpg game but with <laughs> anime girls we could probably we'll probably see that happen they're all in middle school yeah mm-hmm. we'll see it happen yeah i was interested in that because i just got off of um uh shin Megami tensei which obviously borrows a whole lot from like the wizardry mm. cannons and whatnot so so and in the, that game, the there was like a nuclear explosion or something. I saw there was like yeah. some sort of post-apocalyptic thing going on. Can you yeah, explain that? Yeah, but not until like six hours into the game, you you run around Tokyo, and then like six hours in, that's when it, the nukes hit, <laughs> and then you spend the rest of the game in post-apocalyptic Tokyo. It's a really good mm. structure. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love Shin, Shin Megami Tensei One. All right. Um, well, I've got a lot of games on here, so I better keep moving. <laughs> oh, you better, yeah. you better cut to the chase and start uh, naming keep them climbing. off. Keep going. Right. Keep climbing. So I read. I played Mega Man Legends One, just Yee! all the way through, and that game is really sweet. Oh my god! I, I should make a new one of those. <laughs> ah, it'll never get off the ground. Mm-hmm. I played. Um, I just yeah, I just played all of it. As a kid, I was way too afraid of the underground ruins um, <laughs> to do anything but the main quest, any but but the core dungeons. Yeah. So this was the first time I got to play through the game and actually like go through the um, all of the optional dungeons and enjoy myself with that. That was really fun. That's cute that you were like actually scared of going down there yes so. i know right that's really great because that's such a cute and friendly game and then yeah has this space that's kind of creepy and mm-hmm. no music and it's just stands underneath this place that you care so much about because the town is so intimate yeah there's all these people that you kind of care about that there's like a couple and um, one of them is pregnant and they're like talking about, oh, we need to do this and this. 
And I, I don't even know if it's, like, relevant to anything, but their dialogue changes over the course of the game. Yep. It's so sweet! Yeah, it, it's um, it's an amazing yeah. little game. I love that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the sense that you're when you're underground and, like, you know that there's something just wrong underneath this yeah. world that you, of people that you care about. Um, I found that very compelling. Something's a-stirring Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, like, like when you see yeah. the Black Omen pop up in Chrono Trigger. It's like, oh, wow, this is really weird. Because you've got this really dark, you know, thing hanging out in the sky. But the world, for the most part, everybody's still going about their thing. Yeah, exactly. And they even like think that the Black Omen is just this comforting thing because they've yeah. known their whole lives. Yeah, it's so weird. It's such a good, yeah. so it's a nice little twist. So I couldn't decide. It was either the black, the um, ruins were my favorite part. The fact that they have three separate dungeons, and then it's actually four separate dungeons, and then it's actually all one dungeon. Yeah, that's so uh, cool. Yeah, when you connect it all, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it's a really well designed world. Mm-hmm. Even the last dungeon connects. Yeah, that's so cool. Then they just structure the power up usage so you don't um, go to areas before you're supposed to in the plot. It was really cute. I just explored the ruins completely between every dungeon so that I could push the boundaries as far as I could go. And you got, um, you just got to love the, the writing and the character facial yeah, animations. The facial animations. Oh, my God. Those were so ahead of their time. Like when, I uh-huh. first, when, like when I first bought that game and I played it, like I was not expecting it to look the way it was. And like the fact that like the, 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 the character faces weren't just like a static image or a weird digitized photo wrapped around a polygon. It was just like these intricately drawn facial animations with, you know, like four or five frames of animation to give, you know, a, a, an amount of emotion was just like, wow, that's so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. It's I remember like, playing Skies of Arcadia and feeling the same thing. I feel like that game may have gotten some inspiration there. Yeah. It's like you look at Metal Gear Solid and like Solid Snake's face just being like kind of a pixelated mess. Yeah. Yeah. Versus no this, and it's like this was a leap ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and also the um, also the Bond fights, just yes. all of the all of those boss fights are just amazing. Yep, they're really good. They almost always revolve around not just surviving, but also protecting something else. Yeah. Like either your ship or roll roll and the ship. Or the town, uh, they let you kind of get familiar with the town before they attack the first time. Yeah, and things, and like, if I'm not buildings. mistaken, like, some things stay blown up. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to get them repaired. And that's really, yeah, you that's pay a, money to get them repaired. That's a it's, really, really cool thing, too. It's just, like, remember that just being another thing that just kind of blew me away. It was just like, you know, you passed the mission, but, like, these three or four buildings got knocked down, and now they're gone. I like, know. What? Oh. So... Yeah, all of the bond fights are just so cool for that, and because you care about both yourselves and the characters you're fighting, because they're also endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of described it to Anna. It's like it's sort of like the best episode of Pokemon ever, <laughs> crossed with um, Castle in the Sky, which is one of our favorite um, Miyazaki movies. It's an apt comparison. Because mm-hmm. it has that all of the ruins stuff. The Remnants of civilizations long past. Yeah. Um, just it felt very inspired by Miyazaki and Castle in the Sky in particular. Absolutely. Beautiful little game. Can't wait to play the sequel. I own that and I own the Tron Bond spinoff. I don't like Mega Man Legends 2 as much. Uh, yeah. I, I, do li- I do like the misadventures of Tron Bond, though. 
cool. Again, yeah. those games have a big cult following. They oh, should yeah. follow that up with a like a Kickstarter or something <laughs> It'll like that. Never, so. I, I don't think it'd ever get off the ground. Like, while I think that that series has got fans, I don't think it'll ever get off the ground. I don't think there's enough interest. What you gonna do? There, there were 100,000 people voting on Facebook to get him off the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know that Mega Man Legends 2 ends on a cliffhanger. Oh. So I played Mega Man Legends. Good and, game. Go. Okay. So then my, then my family, uh, me and Anna, my dad, went to Chicago for a week. And on that car ride, the, we drove to Chicago from Florida. Mm-hmm. So it was two or three days of, car, of driving both ways. Um, I, I just finished a bunch of RPGs that I played like three quarters of, which was, I think, pretty funny. Yeah. So like, I started Dragon Quest IX like four years ago. <laughs> and then I played a big chunk of it um, last year after, play, after beating finishing Dragon Quest 2 and 4. Um, somehow I didn't finish three Dragon Quests in a row. Um, and then I went and finished Dragon Quest 9 on the trip, and it was hella good. That game's real fun. I have it. I have uh-huh. not played it oh. at all. Cool. It's, one, uh, of the, it's <laughs> one of those, everybody was playing it, and I got caught up in the hype. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, I never played it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that I should happened. play it. <laughs> um... Uh, the last time I played it, like a year ago, and we were podcasting about it, I said that there was a thing where this evil empire shows up out of nowhere, and it didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Like, um, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> they explained that in the plot in a way that's very satisfying. Well, podcast listeners, if you were waiting for that to come oh, back God. around, <laughs> seven months later, we finally hit pay dirt. Turns yep. out it was the empire from Secret of Mana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out Dragon Quest Nine is really good. Um, it's probably, it, I was like, at first I was like, yeah, this game's real good. It's definitely one of the lesser Dragon Quests, but mm-hmm. I still love it a lot. And now I'm like, I don't really know what a lesser Dragon Quest is because I basic I love all the ones I've played. Dragon Quest like, seven has the most boring start of any RPG I've <laughs> ever played. Like you're a RPG. You've never played an RPG where you spend the first seven hours of the game never fighting. Oh my Just God. walking back and forth. That's amazing. No, what if it's we consider not? Skyward Sword an RPG? Ouch. <laughs> Even then, within the first hour, you're in a dungeon. Really? I thought I yeah. didn't get to the first dungeon like seven hours in. No, I remember getting into the first dungeon pretty quickly. Eh. What about Persona Q? Oh, you're in the dungeon pretty fast uh, in that game, and then you never, never and then you never, never leave. And then you never, never leave. leave. Yeah, good God, fuck that I game. saw someone, there was a thread about that game on NeoGAF, and someone was like, oh, I'm 50 hours in, beat the second dungeon. Oh my God. And then someone else was like, you're lying, you, can, you have to be lying. Like, this game cannot be that fucking crazy. Oh. I was 20 hours alone in the second freaking dungeon. Fresno's got my save file, and he can corroborate what I'm saying right now. God. And I even turned the game down to easy because I was tired of fighting. Wow. <sighs> um, but yeah. Quest. Um, Dragon Quest, like, I've, I played 1, 2, 4, 5, and 9, and I love all of them. Like, Dragon Quest Two is probably my least favorite, but I think about that game, like, once a week, and mm-hmm. it makes me feel better. I like, like eight. Cool. I'm Yeah, I've, I've owned the rest of them except seven. Um, um, yeah, well, seven hasn't been officially released here, I don't believe. 
Um, no, it did. It was just on PlayStation when it came out. So the weird thing is that that's actually going to be the oldest Dragon Quest game I play when I do right. play it. Yeah, yeah. Because I played the Game Boy later Game Boy Color remakes and then the DS remakes, and so seven will be the most ancient one. I really liked eight because you're given a lot of uh, customization options uh, for your party and how you Ooh. want to grow them and what weapons you want them to use, and like the the crafting system isn't total garbage. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, a that's fun nice. Game. And and like it's got just this amazing look. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. I did play a good a couple hours of it, and I love the voice. Act- I love it's the voice so acting. I love the voice acting. All British voice actors. It's just it's, <laughs> it's so perfect for that setting, though. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Um, I'm probably gonna play three because I own. I want to play the Game Boy Color remake of that, and yeah. it just looks nice. I like. Um, and then I'm probably gonna play eight, and I have six on my DS, so I'll play that. And then I'll probably sit, save seven for last because it's the longest one. And I'll be like, oh, no, when I finish this, I'll have beaten all the Dragon Quest games. And so it'll, I won't mind it being super long, maybe. <laughs> Isn't one of those about time travel? That's seven. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Six is like dream world. Five is um, you're living your whole life and growing up and getting married. Mm-hmm. And four is the chapters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four is, an so, angel. four is so good. Four is so good. I love that game. I, I really like 2, 3, and 4 uh, on the NES. I, I loved cool. the crap out of those games. Cool. I've been want- I feel like I want to play the NES games at some point. They're especially grindy. like 3 and They're 4. They're grindy. Yeah, of course. I'm, I understand that. <laughs> and I don't know if they fixed any of that in the Game Boy Color versions or not, but... Yeah, they get they up the um, XP, XP, XP oh, and all good. the remakes. That's good. That's good. I remember mm. like when I replayed them, I just found like a, a code that would like double experience, mm-hmm. and be like, and I need to be like, because I've got a game genie as well. So like when I wanted to replay two, three, and four, I would just throw on a an experience modifier that would give you two times experience, and it made it a lot more uh, feasible. Yeah, smart. That's that seems like a perfectly because those games were made at a time when we didn't have. The internet. We didn't have constant, infinite entertainment. Yeah. At every second, so having a game that sucked up a lot of time wasn't a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. Nowadays, we've evolved, and it's a harder that, sell. It's a harder sell. So, the remakes I feel like are all very tactfully handled. That they just increase the, they just kind of improve the interfaces, lower up the XP amounts, and um, kind of pretty up the graphics. That's really so. good, and it's especially important since those are handheld games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adding in the quick save is really nice, too. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I love Dragon Quest. Gonna keep loving them. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played, um, and then I finished Saga 3 on the, in the great. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. In the great, like, finishing RPGs trifecta of Chicago, I, um,. Beat Final Fantasy Legend Three slash Saga Three, and that game's garbage. <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Well, this game isn't even really a saga game. Um, it was made by a completely different team, and do y'all know what game they went on to make after making Final Fantasy Legend Three? <laughs> Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo. So this is the game made by people who want to make Mystic Quest. Although this one's that wasn't even their first game. God, that was not their first game. They um, had two shots. Yeah, they have a thing on Wikipedia that says like 
they tried especially hard to make a good game with Final Fantasy Legend 3. Um, because they were It's just like this scattershot, momentumless piece of garbage. <laughs> it's the Dark Souls 2 of Saga games. <laughs> wow. Well, it's the B team without their leader. Yeah. Good point. You know that I saw Defender. I, I played Defenders of the Oasis right after I played a bunch of Final Fantasy Legend 3. And you remember how I was like, I love how the bosses have like an actual place in the story. Yeah. And I love that the, the scale is kind of ca- contained and intimate. There's context um, to everything. Final Fantasy Legend 3 has like 10 different world maps. Oh my god. Um, like 30 dungeons or something. Every one of them has like a boss. It's like 20, 25 hours long. Um, it feels like a lot longer. Um, <laughs> I was fast forwarding and looking at a walkthrough for the setback half. Um, I don't know. Why I, kept, I don't know why I kept playing. Um, just because it was the end of a trilogy, and I'd beaten the first two, and it felt like yeah, I should. I've, I I can't throw stones there because when yeah. I was enjoying uh, the Xenosaga series, I hated two so much, and I hated it so much that I. I YouTubed the ending hours that I didn't play, and then I hated myself so much for doing it that I went back and played them anyway. <laughs> so once John finishes Secret of Mana properly... Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not going to play that alone. I think if if I do play it, I'm going to get, like, Rhett. you and some other someone else, some other poor soul. Um, you ain't getting me to play it. <laughs> Austin said, I would, I'll play it with you for, oh, on the stream. Oh, God. Oh, so he can. Good. Just who, I wa- just who I want to hear talking. <laughs> um, no, he hates Secret of Mana too, so it's great. Oh, good. I want to hear his opinions on this. Thing. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, I'll be a, in on a that A broken call. clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can just get on a stream, maybe drink. Um, like time, I'm doing now. Our plan was like, we're going to play Secret of Mana and get drunk and it'll be fun. And then we played, like, for a half hour before we started drinking. And then by that point, the idea of drinking just seemed really sad. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I, no. We were, Anne and I just got really bummed out when we tried streaming the end of it. It's like, I am actually abusing myself at this point. I am not. We are not enjoying this. <laughs> and then it goes on for so long after that. I YouTube the end of it. But, um, yeah, I feel like I could play it. And have a decent time now that there's been enough space. Um, and then I played Fallout right after Secret of Mana, so and Shin, and Shin Megami Tensei. So I feel like the reason I was really quick to like be like this game is blah, blah, garbage da, 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 was because I kind of you was, were hot. You were high on hating something. Yeah, I was still riding that high from <laughs> from Secret of Mana. So God, I finally know what it's like to be cynical and hate filled. <laughs> And then it didn't feel good. And then, like, two hours after I said a bunch of nasty things about it on Twitter, I was like, actually, I may be completely wrong. I've, <laughs> I've, I've done a few mea culpas on Twitter like that before. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, okay, I was just mad in the moment. Mm-hmm. This game isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But with Secret of Mana, I can, I'm mad at that because it's a JRPG. And I basically know how those work at this point. Yeah. Um, Fallout, I don't know how it works. It's a new thing for me. It's new territory. So you jumped to conclusions, but then came to your senses and realized, I'm not giving this a fair shake because it's not something I'm immediately familiar with. Exactly. Secret of Mana, I'm very familiar with what it's trying to accomplish and failing at. John, what is with you? You're reasonable. And Saga 3. How do you play games and stay reasonable? (laughs) I don't know how you do this. 
<laughs> Saga 3 is also a JRPG, and it is a shitty one, and I know that. I'm familiar with this stuff now. AVB called me a JRPG studies enthusiast, and I was like, oh, well, thank you. Wow. So, there you go. High praise. I know, right? So, Saga 3 is just a bunch of kind of haphazardly assembled, thoughtless junk. Um, it feels like they were trying really hard. Like, you feel that. Like, with... Um, they wanted sort this of, big thing. Yeah. And, and, and then it's it just... just super too, many, too many cooks in the kitchen, way too many ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need a ton of ingredients to make a really good dish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because with the first two Saga games, they both have, like, this through line, where in Saga 1, you're climbing up this tower, and, like, God's at the top, and you know that from the beginning. Yeah. So... You feel like you're making progress all the time. Um, Saga 2, you're collecting the 77 emeralds, and you get like 10 every two hours. So you feel like you're making progress all the time. Um, and both of those are feel very straightforward. They keep moving, and then they end at a perfect time. So then this game is just blah, 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 blah. So. <laughs> I want that as a sound effect. Can do. <laughs> So that's Saga Three. Don't play it. Play a play a real Saga game. Um, <laughs> or or actually, or or I have a better idea. Yeah. Don't play a Saga game at all. <laughs> it's the only way to know. Be sure. Yeah. So you can only yeah. It's just, those games are so hit and miss. Like why bother? Right. You've got better things to do with your time. <laughs> Romancing Saga One was so bad that I couldn't really play it for more than five hours. Um, I still look back on those five hours a lot more fondly than I do Secret of Mana or Saga 3. Which were playable enough that I could finish them. Oh my god. I can't believe you think that game is better than Secret of Mana. Oh yeah. It has constant... That video you did for the LPO... was so bad! Was like... (laughs) It was like... How long was that video originally? Like 30 minutes? Yeah. And then I cut it down to run you cut out 15 minutes of random battles in a 50% of the running time. <laughs> it was just like, take two steps, take a drink, and take a random battle. <laughs> well, the whole game's not like that. And just the it's mostly ugliness, just that, this it's broken mostly that, Final Fantasy IV art style yeah. is it's so mostly, ugly. It's mostly that the game progression is cripplingly glitched. So I was trying <laughs> to follow a walkthrough, but I couldn't because the event flags wouldn't trigger. Oh my oh god. god. We're getting some real box quotes right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that game felt very unfinished. Um, and then guess what? They went back and finished it and it's apparently fantastic. They remade it on the PS2 and like all the people I know who love Saga love that game. So good shit. I Maybe. feel like the core of that it. game is a lot more interesting than the core of Saga or- Especially the core of Secret of Mana. Or, 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 maybe taking a good shit is more fun than... Any of those games? Yes. Alright, well... I would probably rather take a big old dump than uh, than play a Saga game, honestly. I mean, if I've got to, you know, if you're putting a gun to my head and I've got to be honest, I think, you know... <laughs> I, I mean, I can accept that, but you'd also rather take a big old dump than play Secret of Mana, right? Probably, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You, you <laughs> so we're it. on the same page. Touche. All right, so I beat Saga 3, and then I did another JRPG. Um, I beat oh, no. Pokemon, I beat Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. 
I'm just gonna yeah. let you. I'm just gonna let you talk about this because I don't care about Pokemon. <laughs> but uh, this game, okay. Can I say something real quick? Sure, go for it. This sounds like me making a Pokemon game with oh, where God. it goes by the end. Oh no! Oh my God, it's nuts. We're in space, nuts. aren't we? Yep. Um. Yes. Okay, so the the remake part of the game is totally functional and good and whatnot. Um, the original game was fine, and they did a fine job remaking it in the X and Y engine. The Delta episode. Ooh. <laughs> the Delta episode is the um, additional two to three hour extra story that comes after the main quest. And it's like the most like dramatic thing because there's this dragon taming lady who like is stealing the orbs of destiny from all the main characters of the game and you kind of chase her around the world um and they you find out that there's an asteroid heading towards earth and or well heading towards pokemon world <laughs> and um they decide that the best way to handle it is to teleport it away um, using this weird technology, and the dragon tamer lady destroys the technology that would let them do that, and it turns out, and she says that they would just teleport it away anywhere, um, and she implies that they would teleport it towards another world, just like um, their Hoenn, but maybe slightly different. Like maybe they'd never discovered mega evolution. Right. So they're implying that. The Pokemon Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby takes place in a slightly alternate timeline from the original Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, where the difference being that the events discussed in Pokemon X and Y took place. So this is technically a sequel to X and Y. The remake of the third game is a sequel to the sixth game. And now the Pokemon timeline has split like Zelda. There are two universes. And not only that... But you're not just fighting to save your world. You're fighting to save the other world of the Game Boy Advance game from, like, 2002. (laughs) And that happens. And also, just the fact that there is now, like, an overall Pokemon arc going. Like, they've established these story elements in X and Y and are now following up on them in this game. I legit want to buy Pokemon Z when it comes out so that I can find out what the next piece of this pokey overall pokemon story arc is which is really weird right yeah yeah you've never talked about the story of pokemon no. i talk about the story of pokemon but it's always like pokemon gold and pokemon blue and whatnot and always on like an individual scale aside from blue and gold's connection um but this is like establishing like a marvel cinematic universe thing <laughs> of pokemon and it's nuts and then you get to the end of the game, and there's, like, this 10-minute exposition dump um, where they're playing creepy organ music as you climb up a tower in 3D, and not everything is in 3D in Pokemon, so whenever it happens outside of battle, it's a big deal. They don't even have the gyms in 3D, so it's like, oh, shit. And you're climbing up this tower, and every, every um, level, this lady stops you and tells you what the murals on the wall tell the story of, and she gives you this great story of... Um, uh, the two legendary Pokemon and the legendary Pokemon Rayquaza that would stop them from destroying the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the top, and she's like, I have to summon Rayquaza and control it. And she can't. And then she summon, and then you summon Rayquaza, and there's like all these big cinematic camera angles. And then she tries to make it Mega Evolve, and it doesn't. 
and then you have the meteorite, and it swallows the meteorite, and then it turns into Mega Rayquaza, and you capture it, and then you have a duel with this dragon lady who you've been fighting periodically throughout this little mini-quest, and she has, like, a bunch of amazing Pokemon, and you plow through them with Mega Rayquaza, and then there's a cinematic where you fly into space yeah, on Mega Rayquaza. So wait, 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 wait. A meteorite. Me- wait, 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 wait. A member okay. of the... A, a, a member of the Wu-Tang Clan, Raekwon, is in this game? <laughs> so that's Dude, just a Raekwon's cinematic. awesome! And I, then, love the Wu- I love the Wu-Tang Clan! <laughs> and you write him in space. Dude! Wu-Tang in space! I think I might have talked about this on a previous podcast, but yeah, you... Um... Yeah, I remember this very okay. much. Alright, okay, sorry. And But the what really stuck in my mind was the um, climb up the tower. That I didn't know about when I saw Anna play the game. Right. And I thought that that was very well done. Um, and just very dramatic because of the creepy organ music and this, the stop-and-go nature of it as you ascend. And then, yeah, you fight, you blow up the meteorite and Deoxys is inside it and you have a sp- battle with space Deoxys and it's great. I can't, I can't name a Pokemon after that guy. Or I can't name a Wu-Tang member with a name like <laughs> Deoxys. So... Yeah, sorry about the old dirty Dioxys. But that that's a really it's a really cool thing, and I'm looking forward to the next um, piece of the giant overarching Pokemon puzzle. Now, I can't uh, so wait. When when will they have the crossover with the universe of the guy from the Games Done Quick Pokemon Blue Hack Speed Run? <laughs> oh God, just the nightmare world. That's what that uh, I would watch that maybe like an anime about a guy who like speed runs through games and keeps going into different anime game universes, like the dot hack, but instead the protagonist is a speed runner. <laughs> I would play a Pokemon game where you go into the center of an evil Team Rocket base and you get deep inside and you find their ultimate secret lab and then you unseal their sealed capsule in the center and then just this wave of glitch energy comes out. I want to get, overtake your Pokemon. I want to get deep inside Jesse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, I'll take James, too. He's sexy, too. But, Just yeah. work missing no in there. Yeah. But, yes. So, yeah. What? Pokemon Delta episode is cool. I won't go on further about that. I remember last time I went on for ages, so. Um, and then Woo! I'll just say this one briefly. I um, played Kirby's Dream Land 2. Good game! It is? All right, cool. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Question All right, what's up? <laughs> yeah, Karen. Yeah. He wasn't You're asking it. a question. He was just responding to your, like, it's a good game. Oh. Yeah, question. Yeah. John, John apparently needs people to validate stuff for him a lot. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I do. You I do. had like a crisis on the way to the what first thing before I played any of the RPGs. I was like messing around with a bunch of my old games and being like, are these good enough? Da, da, da. And then Reed kind of like was like, yes, just just stop worrying about stop it. Stop <laughs> worrying. You make good games. Uh-huh. So that was that was helpful. Thanks, dude. Um, oh, look at the love. But like, you were like, I don't like Fallout. And then a bunch of people were like, no, Fallout's good. And you're like, maybe I do like Fallout. <laughs> yeah, that's been kind of my thing for ages. Like, Anna makes fun of me for that. It's like, I can convince you to like something with enough enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Secret of Mana, apparently. Unless it's Secret of Mana. Well, no one came at me with that much enthusiasm. But, like, I think... People Chelsea. were mad that you didn't like it, but they didn't come back with enthusiasm for <laughs> loving it, either. Yeah. They were just like, oh, you don't like it? Well, I guess. Okay. 
And I was like, fine, okay. Well, don't fight for it. Uh-huh. Like, if anybody was, like, lo- like with, like, um, Eric John, like, Austin watched four episodes of Steven Universe and was like, I don't think I know if I like this that much. And then I said, like, five tweets. And then Eric John sent, like, 50 to Austin, <laughs> this giant, eloquent essay defense oh, on Twitter. God. Why do people do that? Fuck Twitter. Good God. <laughs> um, but nobody did that about Secret of Van. I would have welcomed it. Um, I don't think anybody had just kind of had the artic- articulated it to me in any right. meaningful way. Like, and, and like Pat likes it, but he's never written about it. So I they never really seen somebody dig really deep in there and explain why this game is so transcendent. Deep down, they know what their game is. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, maybe they like, just, it's not that great. So they don't want to write about it or think about it. They don't want to ruin those childhood feely feels. Mm hmm. And hey, if you're listening to this and you like Secret of Mana, that's a challenge. Articulate it. Articulate <laughs> that love. I'd love to see that. Please change John's opinion. He changes yeah. them quite easily. I will literally just change it easily, especially if it's <laughs> from not liking something to liking something. Like if somebody can write really hard about why Sonic Adventure 2 is good, you can probably change my mind. Oh, God. There's a uh-huh. giant lizard and you write it in outer space, kind of that's like the end great. of Pokemon. That is pretty great. And rock music plays. Mm-hmm. You gotta live and learn. <laughs> that is pretty great. John, um, did you ever play Shadow the Hedgehog? Oh no, god. <laughs> you should you should definitely play Shadow the Hedgehog. I have a copy, I'll send you. <laughs> that's that's probably if you if you had to choose between not playing Shadow the Hedgehog and not playing uh, Sonic 2006. You should probably. I'm just not gonna play not play Sonic any Hedgehog. any of them. I would. No, happily... you need to play Shadow the Hedgehog. I would happily I, send I, him I, both. I'm gonna play. I'll play Sonic Unleashed. That one looks cool. I'll send you. Um, I'll oh. send you. I'll send you Sonic 2006 and Shadow the Hedgehog. Zelani, the guy who wrote like on uh, on the beautiful and tragic weirdness of Sonic Adventure for Zeal. It's tragic, all right. Yeah. Um. He was playing. He was live tweeting Sonic 2006 for the last month or so, oh, and geez. by the end of it, he was just so sad, <laughs> just like, oh, I couldn't be sad playing that game because I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he was just completely like digging deep. What is the core of this game? The core of oh, this my game. God. The core of this game is it's just a wonderful look at what games look like when they're in development. Yeah, there you go. It's a great yeah. lesson. It's like this is what the crap that you play looks like. Two months before they're able to pull it together and make it the thing that you uh, that you like. Yeah, it's that and Assassin's Creed Unity. If you want to play, some yeah, games. Yeah, there, he was like, there is nothing. <laughs> the emptiness. Those mock those mock speed Sonic stages, man, they're so funny. Uh, it's pretty great. It's so easy but... to die because he did that. He just break dances off the stage. <laughs> the model goes fucking flying. <laughs> But it's like, there's the game part being broken, and then there's like the story the of that game story, being it's, it's really fucking to be, stupid. It's, it's trying to be so grandiose. It's trying so hard to be taken seriously, and it's just like, no, dog. Look, it's a female woman, and and she it's <laughs> and a hedgehog. A female woman that made a lot of sense. A female woman, human, a female human, female human woman, <laughs> and then there's. <laughs> And then there's this giant-headed, giant-headed blue... Blue hedgehog. Female human give giant head. <laughs> yes. 
What else are you doing, John? Well, I played Kirby's Dreamland too. Good game. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was very like skillfully um, put together, and there was a lot of interactions that were really felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Like all the hamster, ham- the hamster and the fish and the owl were really nice. Um, I didn't care so much for the puzzle aspect of like the hidden items. Yeah, yeah, especially like the last one. Um, I kind of guided my way through the end of those because um, they just weren't very thrilling for me. Um, just because it's sort of a lock and key puzzle too. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of. Yeah. I thought a lot of the boss fights were pretty intense. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. In a good way. It's a like, huge, huge step up from the first game, like in terms of like difficulty and complexity. Yeah, uh, which doesn't necessarily like when you look at the idea behind the first game, which was like, hey, here's like a video game that anybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's easy. It's easy to pick up and play. It's easy to understand. And, you know, then like Kirby's Dream Land too. I mean, obviously they had to do something different with it. You mm-hmm. can't make the same game twice in a row, and you have to like start introducing complexities. Maybe for the people that played through that first game and got you know like like they hadn't yeah. played a lot of games before, they got what they wanted out of it, and now maybe they want a little more, so they move on to the second game, and now they can have a new level of challenge to adapt to. Hmm. Yeah, that last boss fight was super intense. Like, it was. I'm realizing now the cool thing about video game boss fights is when they have multiple attack patterns and they switch between them. um, They don't have a set pattern that they go from one to the other. So you have to like strategize. All right, I need to be in such a position that whichever attack he does, I can react in time and not get hit. But it takes a well-designed boss to be able to be readable like that, too. Exactly. Um, That was the really cool thing with Mega Man X1. Mm -hmm. Um, When I beat that game without power-ups, like fighting Spark Mandrill and Vile, so exciting because you you can just barely, like, um, react in time to not get hit on those bosses, and it's so fun. Um, uh, Dark Souls, I think, kind of... Um, captures a lot of that same captures feeling. a lot of that so i was i was in a position where i was playing kirby and thinking a lot about dark souls fighting these bosses you're a weird, weird you are a weird, <laughs> weird little boy um and that is why it we went love on, you it, w- it was a very long game yeah it's a little long in the back end yeah um when they suddenly start having like seven stages per world and whatnot yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'd probably be okay if i wasn't also having to worry about the um uh the, the collecting the magic rainbow drop between each stage. Yeah. Uh, so what it kind of felt to me was sort of like the same story as Kirby's Adventure, just a little bit less, uh, just a little less interesting, just a little less propulsive to me. Gotcha. So I feel like Kirby's Dreamland One kind of offers me something that the other games don't because it's very short and just kind of this pleasant little story. And then Kirby's Adventure kind of captures most of what I already captures what most of what I find compelling in Kirby's Dreamland too. So cool. Um then I played Oh, actually Yeah. I, can I tell a little anecdote about Kirby's Adventure too? Yeah. That's sure. the that's the one with like animal companions, right? Kirby's Dreamland too? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like the fish and the hamster? So mm-hmm. I had that game as a kid and it left so little of an impression on me <laughs> <laughs> that for a while I honestly thought Kirby Superstar was the first game I'd played in that series. <laughs> My God! And then when I was doing those game collection videos like a year or two ago, I found Kirby's Dreamland Two and it was like, "What the fuck?" And then I had to like <laughs> deep reach deep into my memory to be like, "Oh yeah, I, I did own this game." Weird. 
<laughs> so yeah, I can't really vouch for that one too much. Mm-hmm. It's probably my least favorite of the Kirby games that I've played thus far. But I've played mostly really good Kirby games. Um, most Kirby games are pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I really love Canvas Curse, and I really, especially Epic Yarn's probably my favorite. I'm, I'm realizing I should probably play Superstar. Oh, what? <laughs> well, I've, I've dabbled in it, you know, but I haven't, like, dug uh... deep in it. Like, if my issue with Dreamland 2 is that it's too long and just kind of gets boring... Superstar is literally seven really short games. Yeah, it's no, perfect. But when, when you beat Superstar, you unlock the best boss rush co-op mode in any mm. game ever. That's like literally the, my favorite boss rush mode uh, of any game that I've played. It That's really in, cool. In Superstar, and I definitely recommend it. Cool. Especially for, for that co-op. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the co-op, but the DS version of that game added like an even harder version yeah. of the arena. Yeah, which I don't think I was able, ever able to actually beat. I think I got to like super marks <laughs> or whatever and lost. I should probably play Superstar. Yeah, Somehow, that seems that like... game is amazing. I've played it a bunch. That's cool. peak Kirby right there. I yeah, think. like that. That's like the best Kirby game colloquially, right? So I should probably play it. I still lean towards adventure. Cool. Yeah, I liked Adventure a lot. It it was also pretty long, but I feel like it wore that length a little more, a little better. Yeah, like, I was really hyped about that, hyped about that game when I beat it. Um, it goes places at the end. Yeah. Oh my god. That that end. Oh, so good. Especially great because the first Dreamland game, uh, DDD's the main villain, and then at the end of Dreamland One, he's keeping the main evil at bay, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to fight it in space with a sword, and it's great. Yeah. <sighs> Good game, Absolutely. very pretty too. And then you uh, played, and then oh. I just for the last day, I just got swallowed up by Castlevania oh, the Adventure. I need to get <laughs> something ready again. Cool. Um, you keep going. Cool. And there's only one more game after this. And... Oh my god! <laughs> hey, it's uh, been a month. We're making up for last. I'm just, time. I'm, I'm messing with him. Okay, cool. Okay, um, but fucking okay, Castlevania: yep. The Adventure. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> dude stop! Stop! <laughs> That's how long the sample is. I can't stop it. Oh. <laughs> That was I so was in loud. an interest. I was in an interesting emotional place, and I picked that game up on a whim, and it was making me feel very warm and nice. That's valid. I um. That's the I one pl- for Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the I played one. that. That was that was Fantastic. a game that I played for Game Boy. It's yeah. So I think it might be the third Castlevania oh. ever after the first Castlevania and Simon's Quest. I think so. Yeah. That was Apparently, there's an cool. arcade one. Like yeah, Haunted or Mansion or something. There's oh, the arcade right. one, and there's the MSX one. Yeah. Um, I never played any of them. And there's the X68000 one um, that came out over here as Castlevania Chronicles. Yeah. Um, so, Castlevania the Adventure. Um, there are some pixel-perfect platforming sections that are probably too execution-intensive for their own good. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of people are probably going to get stuck with those, and I can understand that completely. Aside from that, that game just seems kind of perfect to me. I don't really see anything really that wrong with it. It's a really breezy... um, Obviously, you move really slow, but the the feels... 
but it feels slow and like it feels really chunky to me. Like I'm just moving, I'm just charging forward, and the enemies just come in at a very good rate, um, jumping, jumping forward. I, I because there's not like there aren't any sub weapons or anything, and the platforming there's usually just kind of one path at any given point to follow. So my friend, like when a friend of mine tried to sell this game to me like six months ago or something, he said it's kind of like a rhythm game. And I kind of got that playing it, where it's just kind of moving forward, trying to time the jumps and the pauses and the whips at just the right time. Um, that's why the execution-intensive platforming didn't really bother me that much. I was kind of already in that rhythmy mood. Speed and <laughs> Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and the first two stages were really fun, and they just kind of kept – They I breezed through them. They just kind of kept moving in a way that felt very natural to me. There's very little that's just – there's not really any bullshit to it that I could um, parse out. Like I was able to basically just avoid getting hit. Uh, every every situation I could find a way around getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, got to the bosses. The bosses were pretty simple actually, which is nice because some of the later bosses in the first Castlevania are just like crazy nonsense flying everywhere. And I, I basically have to cheese my way through them generally. And the third stage gave me like these – really nice welcome to the machine vibes because I stuck on it for like two hours. There's only four stages mm-hmm. um, where you start the stage and you're underground and it's claustrophobic and kind of scary. And a spike wall is moving in from is up top and it's moving up and down and you have to find the spots where you can not get hit like Dust man and Mega man four. Mm-hmm. And then you move to get past that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Now you're safe. And then a spike wall starts coming up from the bottom and you have to do this really intense vertical platforming, getting all the way up to the top, slowly crawling up the ropes, slowly moving forward, um, whipping at just the right times. So there's these really great enemies where you whip them, they bounce away, bounce against the wall, and then back towards you. So you have to jump over them after attacking them. Um, and then you get to the top of that, and you're like, huh. And then a spike wall comes from the right and starts moving left. It's like a six-minute long stage where you're constantly being just have to keep moving forward um, just kind of perfectly. Right. It's sort of like those bit trip games almost. In a uh, way, yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. And then that was the hardest stage. And then stage four uh, has, a, has a lot of really neat moments too. It's got kind of some stuff that feels a little like Mega Man with the disappearing blocks where you just learn this pattern to jump, 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 more kind of rhythm stuff. And the final boss is satisfying and I really dug the hell out of that game. It's 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 slow. It's, <laughs> it doesn't feel good to play. Yeah, I just I I never just I never got into it. Like I've beaten okay. it. I've never beaten it. I, I've I've beaten it, but I never really just felt like oh that was worth my time. Gotcha. It is slow, and oh. there's this weird stagger when you hit the ground before you can whip. Yeah. Don't like that. No, um, not good. Played a lot of Belmont's Revenge a while back. Didn't quite beat it because I got stuck on the vampire hunter guy. Yeah, um, and that game felt a lot better, I think. Definitely. But I think this is one of those situations where the sequel is a really good refinement. But I think all of the magic is still kind of still intact in this rougher original vision. So I really enjoy Belmont's Revenge, and I plan on playing that um, as soon as I finish this end of semester project that I spent seven hours on today. Oh, God. Uh, um, so, 
Belmont's Revenge is cool. Legends looks kind of long and boring. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm going to go on firmly Team Castlevania The Adventure, which doesn't <laughs> seem to exist that much. Although I, I finally go- I googled around after like going on Game Packs and seeing all the one-star reviews. And then I finally <laughs> found a um, forum with a bunch of, like, the Castlevania dungeon. And a bunch of people were like, yeah, this game's cool for these reasons. And it made me feel validated. So that was nice. I'm thinking of this comic right now where it's like, evidence you're right and there's a huge crowd of people, or evidence you're wrong and there's a huge crowd of people, and then evidence you're right and there's one person. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes and stands with that one person. (laughs) Well, the evidence that I'm right is that that game's really fun. And that's all you really need. If you and enjoy the, it, you enjoy it. Gorgeous. Oh, right. <laughs> it's it's right? pretty. Okay, I was. I oh, think I think Konami like, did amazing Game Boy work. Yeah, it, I was playing it with my headphones on, and they had the stereo work where it's bouncing mm-hmm. the bass and the percussion were bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Ooh. And apparently, they remade that game, and they didn't have most of the enemies. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the rope. Yep. You could control the ropes. The, mm-hmm. There's no stairs in the Castlevania Adventure, which is apparently a point of contention. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't have the ropes in the remake. Um, You're talking about rebirth, Stages right? were different. The jumping was different. And yeah. yeah, I'm talking about Rebirth. Yeah. And they didn't have any of the music. Yeah, again, it's like, I finished it and I was like, yep, that was kind of a, it was like a most middle-of-the-road Castlevania game I've ever played. Sounds like the Rebirth experience. <laughs> yeah, it's the entire Rebirth experience. Yeah. Con- Contra Rebirth is just like, hey, let's... Yeah. Hey, it's a Contra oh, like game the... in, in name and, and in, in mechanics. It's just it does nothing special with that. Yeah. At least with the <laughs> other Rebirth games, they're not. it doesn't feel like they're trying to erase this other game's yeah. legacy. Yeah. Like, this one, it's like, let's take this old game, tear out everything about it that was ever unique, and replace it with stuff grabbed wholesale from other Castlevania games and right. hope nobody notices. And it's sort of insulting in the way that sort of man is insulting, you know? Ouch. Uh, sort of but, you know, garbage. at least old Castlevania is good. <laughs> Secret of Mana isn't, so... That's that right. Sort of man is... is there you worse. go. So, and I played Alpha Bear. Good game! That game's, really good game's fun. I take yep. it that was from, like... Either my recommendation or having seen everybody. Your in the recommendation. World. I listened to it yesterday. Oh, good. I listened to that podcast yesterday. So it's a fun little game. It really is. I it's like by it. the people who made Triple Town, which yeah. I also really like. Yeah, I paid the five bucks for Infinite Honey, so I can just play whenever I want. Rad. It's worth it. I got, I got, I got my five bucks fun out of it. Definitely. Infinite Honey. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you know it. You can come over here and get some of this Infinite Honey if you want. <laughs> I listened to two of the albums you sent me. Did you? They're really good. I listened to the Odyssey album and I listened to the Saul Williams album. Oh, the the Odyssey album's fantastic. Oh my god. That, it's like that it's that so album, nice. you listen to it and you just feel good at the end. Yep. Yep. It is it was really such nice to an hear something like that. and just yeah. Yeah, cuz I listen to so much sad music, so or yeah. angry music. So it was nice to get that different feel. And I really dug it. And I think that in hip-hop, it's kind of not all that common to mm-hmm. come across somebody who's just like, you know, yeah, he's talking about real shit, and there are some talk of struggle on there, but at the same time, it's also like, but maybe if we think positively about this and work together as a people, you know, like, I feel that, like, K- 
Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly is an album that points out a lot of problems. Uh, and I think that it's got a very poignant message behind it and what it's trying to say. And I think that Odyssey's album is, look, you know, it's like, though, you know, I, I don't think the albums are anyway actually connected. But when I listen to them and it's just like one after the other, it's like, well, the Odyssey album is saying, well, it doesn't have to be bad and we can make changes. We just got to come together. You know? Well said. Yeah. yeah, and I, th- I think that those two albums really offset each other very well. Cool. Yeah, and the Saul William al- album was really nice because it had that um, the in where it was also a not kind of a Trent Reznor album. Yeah, so I yeah. got a lot of the the I got industrial a lot of, that kind of feel from it. Something I was very familiar with, um, combined with something I wasn't so familiar with. So. And, and not just a rapper, he is a fantastic vocalist as well yes oh my god the i remember i didn't realize it was reznor at first and Mm -hmm. i um when he when the album was singing playing and i was like oh wow i feel like this person is standing just right in front of me i feel his voice just hovering right there should i ask polly if this is like an example of a really good production yes it is it is but it's also but it's also saul williams like if you listen to some of his other work uh, his his self titled album and um, Amethyst Rockstar are both just super amazing. Cool. He, he's got such a commanding vocal tone that mm. you want to listen to what he has to say, because mm-hmm. more often than not, what he's saying it, it's not only very important, but the way that he vocalizes and intonates uh, and his selection of words are just very interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot oh. to there's a lot to get out of. It's very just poetic and fascinating. I really love that album. Yeah, he's really great. Cool. I think that about wraps it up for John. All right. So Rat. Hi. Um. Now this is where we begin our. This isn't a video oh. game podcast anymore. <laughs> um. Why don't you yeah. uh, tell us what you're doing? It's not a video game podcast because I saw Veruca Salt in concert. Oh, did you? How was that? Uh. It was half good, half old stuff. Oh. Wait, I screwed that up. Okay, wait. (laughs) It was like one song from the new album, Uh one of the classics, one song from the new album, one of the classics. I see. And it just, it put into stark relief how much I like the old stuff way more. Yeah, that that album's kind of, the new album's just kind of a throwaway, really. Yeah. Uh Even live, those songs just couldn't kind of hold up to the older stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. much stronger. And... You and my dad were right. They did not touch the non-Nina Gordon albums. I figured. Yeah. Once they got on stage, I realized there was no way that was going to happen, just the way they were bonding and stuff. Oh. But, but they did play two songs from that EP, Blow It Out Your Ass, <laughs> which took me by surprise. Cause I was like, I know this song, but which album? Oh, my God, it's from that EP. And my dad was like, I don't know this song. <laughs> they actually closed with one of them. Really? Yeah. Wow. Surprising. Yeah, that was a fun show. Cool. Uh, As for video games, I played Valdis Story Abyssal City. I played this. You did? When? I've played it before. Uh, I played it shortly after I bought it. I touched it for a little bit, but Uh. never, never, like, got all the way through it. I don't think I don't think I finished it. I think I got about seven hours in, and then I it gets got pretty hard. Yeah, it does. It starts pretty hard as well. Yeah, it it it, it is not a slouch in the difficulty department for sure. Yeah. So last week I was talking about uh, Ori in the Blind Forest and kind of my disappointment with the open world exploration and upgrade genre. Yeah. 
I remember that because I listened to that podcast. Yeah. And uh, this game is a really good one of those. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's, it's, I think it's made by people who really have a fondness for Castlevania Symphony of the Night because it really leans into a lot of RPG stuff as well. Yeah. And it's like you have multiple characters and you have stats you can raise and you've got skill trees. And a lot of that feels like modern gaming, like, oh, you're upgrading and being so strong. But in this game, it actually does feel like genuine choice of how to build your character and like alter your cool. play style. Yeah, and they don't really feel like there are that many wrong decisions to make. Yeah. So I kind of joked with John earlier that the mark of a good Metroidvania should be if you can fight bosses out of order. Yeah. And I did that by accident really early in this game. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Awesome. So you fight the first boss, and then you go to the first town, and the door opens up, and you're supposed to keep going straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Somehow I missed that door open. And I just turned around because I had gotten the wall jump. And I'm like, oh, I probably have to go back to where I came from. And there was a new boss had Uh spawned in the original arena. (laughs) And he'd fucking kicked my ass like four times. Oh, no. And I'm just like, is this this game just impossible or something? Because I had no idea what to expect difficulty-wise from it coming in. So finally, I just like looked at a YouTube video and it was like, Oh, where are you going, dude? You're just supposed to fucking walk straight ahead, and I totally missed a walk straight ahead prompt. So besides that, though, uh, that's a that's a really good game. Yeah, the combat feels really good. Uh, The platforming isn't terrible. Yeah, Uh, it's and like the art style is really nice. Yeah, like everything about everything about it is good. Maybe not great. Yeah, it's kind of rough around the edges, but in a charming way mm-hmm. i like that like, it's definitely kind of an indie passion project where you these people were making the game they wanted to make and yeah. kind of ignoring a game i believe yeah mm-hmm. yeah kind of ignoring conventions of like just normal how things are these days mm-hmm. but like difficulty was pretty uneven i would say i think yeah. it was either the second or, there's like the ice guy and then the Either, like, the third or fourth boss, I just could not not do much damage to it. So I had, like, this ten-minute fight that's just drawn out. Mm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. if I lose against this guy, I'm quitting this game. And I think I did lose. Oh, no. And I just turned it off for the night. And it was, like, the next day I'm like, I'm just going to give that guy another shot, I guess. Yeah. Because it was like, I don't want to let the game win. Yeah, yeah. You get you get that mentality. And I think that, like, when a game can bring you back sometimes like that. Yeah. Uh, it's usually the sign that maybe you're approaching it wrong. Yeah, but it's also like there's something here that makes me want to keep playing. Yeah, even though I'm not having a great time yet. But so in a way, I mean, this is probably the highest praise I can give a game. It kind of reminded me of the first time I played Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where you're kind of being just thrown into this thing, and there's numbers and stats and upgrade trees, and you're just like kind of overwhelmed and then you get to a boss and it kicks your ass yeah so then once you once you get a bit into the game though it like really opens up and just is like okay like from levels 15 to 16 or or 15 to 20 which is like 20 is the max level like you can you can reasonably do anything else that's left in the game yeah and and we're not going to tell you where to go so have fun (laughs) and the other thing is that since this was a kickstarter game they had like extra tier stuff that they had never fulfilled. Oh. So after like two years, 
they actually updated the game in May 2015 and added a whole bunch of shit. Oh, really? So there's four wow. playable there's four playable characters now. Oh shit. Yeah, and they added a bunch of new areas. Oh wow. So like the game's even more open than it was. Oh, that's crazy. So like I did a video on it where I just messed around for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, and towards the end of that I went into this like poison laboratory. <laughs> that area was not in the game like as of a few months ago. Oh wow. So it's like they added this stuff and there's all these optional bosses now and there's like optional at super bosses at the end game. How much of that stuff did you tackle? Uh, I fought one thing that fucking wrecked me mm. <laughs> and then I just went and beat the game instead. Mm. And there was one area that I went into and like I didn't have some ability yet. Uh, you know. no. So there, if I want to go back to it, there is stuff that I could do because like at the end of the game, during the end credits, like it shows your rank for each boss, mm-hmm. and like four of them were Fs, which I assume means I never fought them to begin with. Right. Which is pretty cool though, because it's like, hey, this is an open game. There's stuff that you missed. Mm-hmm. It's like Dark Souls. Yeah, it's like Dark Souls. <laughs> cool. That's really cool. So, I want to see where my last save is at to see if you can actually go back, because like there's a whole end game sequence that it might have saved there, and I hope kind of hope it didn't. Right, mm. yeah, that would be a bummer. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing about the playable characters is that the two new ones are locked until you beat the game. Oh, no. that's kind of a bummer, yeah. Because I think they're kind of crazy. Like, one of them, like, doesn't have healing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She's, like, pure magic or something. I forget what her gimmick was. Like, I don't know. They seem like more advanced playstyle characters. Mm. Mm-hmm. And of course, I played as the girl the first time. Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? What? I I almost didn't because the game was like <laughs> the game like describes the guy as like basic playstyle and it describes her as advanced playstyle and I'm like, oh geez, if this game's gonna be really hard, I'm not sure I want the advanced character. Yeah. And then I said, fuck it, and played as her anyways. There you go. And then I put everything into magic and intelligence. <laughs> oh, that's right. So the last, so the game got really pretty easy, actually, in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the last boss fucking wrecked me hard. Because it was like a perfect counter to my magic build, which was basically just burst damage. Oh. But then if I ran out of MP, I'd be fucked. Oh, no. So the last boss has HP regen. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's, it's not a particularly great fight. But then, so I had to back out, gain an extra level. And it just happened that, like, the level I gained allowed me to get a melee skill tree thing to add an extra hit to my combo. Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to use the hammer just to do any damage whatsoever on this guy, but I only had a two-hit combo. So then I I get up to a three-hit combo. Then I found a new piece of gear that was, like, lowers your HP but gives you a shitload more damage. And I'm like, (laughs) sure, because survivability is not my issue. It's the fact that I'm doing, like, 20 damage to this boss who is healing it faster than I can damage it. Yeah. So I get so that that thing buffs my attack, and I get an extra hit on my combo, so I've got four hits on my combo. And then I buy a thing to get a double jump, which allows me to hit the things that are regening his HP way easier. So then, So with just one level and some gear, I went back in there and just fucking wrecked him. I'm like, yeah, take that. I'm not even max level yet. The salty, run, the salty run back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that game's really cool. I'm not. Yeah. Don't think I'm going to do another playthrough on another character, but I might revisit 
it to see if I can do kind of the end game stuff that they added. That's rad. Uh, and then I watched a lot of anime. Oh, God. <laughs> so there was a thread on NeoGAF saying, hey, you should all watch this show. It's really cute and totally not a trick. Oh, no. And then, of course, there were a bunch of reaction posts like, what the fuck did I just watch? You tricked me. <laughs> you know, image macros and shit. So I watched Gakko Gurashi, which right. has a really terrible name in English, which is School Live. Okay. It's about four girls who live at the school. Oh, well, there you go. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah totally. So, <laughs> I guess I thought about this for a while. Like, should I spoil what happens? And I'm just like, yes. if, I talk, if I talk around it, it sounds way better than it actually is. Uh. Like, the twist is not amazing. It's pretty good, though. But, like, so I went into it knowing that something was going to happen. Uh-huh. Which made the first episode super tense. Because I'm just like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Are they going to kill the dog? They're going to kill the dog, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) But like, besides that, the first episode is this, it's fucking horrible. It's the fucking worst. It is cute girls in a school doing cute shit and they're chasing the dog and they're moigu and it's fucking terrible. I'm just like, this better be fucking worth it. (laughs) And then... So the twist is kind of twofold. The first is that the girl you've been following the whole time is an unreliable narrator. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. So, and then it cuts to one of the other girls' perspective, and she sees the first girl standing in the classroom by herself. All the windows are broken. There's blood on the ground. Oh, good. Yeah. And the first girl turns and goes, oh, what's up? And it's just this really creepy shot of her standing in this destroyed classroom. And then it zooms out from the school, and it's surrounded by zombies. Oh. Yeah. So you're oh. like, oh, it's a zombie thing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's like high school of the dead, but instead of sexiness, it's moe. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not interesting at all. Uh. I'm so, with Byron on that. Oh. Uh, so as bad as the first episode was, though, like, I was like, okay, I guess I'll keep watching. And episodes two <laughs> through four have been, have been pretty good. Like, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I think it's, like, like, maybe, like, the kind of twist that something like Gare Zero takes, where it's just, like, it starts as this one thing, and then it's just completely something else. Yeah. But Gare Zero is good. Hmm. <laughs> I kind of think about School Days, which was that show that was just a completely nothing yeah. romance show. But then at the very end, one of the ladies just kills the main character because he's an somebody asshole. Like get, doesn't somebody get like a fetus carved out of them? Oh. And then they go and kill the main dude? So I like don't one, I think I think one of the girls goes and kills another girl to make sure she was pregnant or not. I think that <laughs> did happen in the anime. <laughs> and then she goes and kills the main character. Nice boat! Oof. Okay, we're getting a little off topic here, but I think it was like the girl with long hair killed the main character, and then the girl with short hair killed the girl with long hair. Good lord. But this was all, like, you have to endure a terrible, terrible, boring, awful rom- rom-com thing. Yeah. yeah. See, 
They had the twist in the last episode. That's no fun. No. no. Uh huh. So this just lets you know up front after 20 minutes, like, hey, it's a zombie thing. Aye. Surprise. If I was going to watch a romance comedy, I'd probably just watch Toradora again. Oh, God, you actually like that show. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was terrible. I think that there are moments in that show that actually really, they, they hit the they hit it out of the park really well emotionally. And, like, yeah, as, as terrible as the whole trope of girl beats up guy because he <laughs> did nothing. But, but, like, they kind of do a good job of explaining that. And they do a really good job of pulling the relationships that, are, that occur in that show together in a way mm-hmm. that I thought was actually really well done. Cool. So I'm going to keep watching Gakko Gurushi because it's airing right now. Mm-hmm. I've also realized, oh, yeah, I fucking hate waiting a week between episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. I never it's, even fit. Oh. It's the worst. Because really when I started is. it, there were only three episodes out. I'm like, okay, if the show sucks, there's only three, so I can only waste so much of my time. And then I w- end up watching three <laughs> right away. And I'm like, okay, when's the next one? Six days. Jesus Christ. And then this with Breaking Bad. (laughs) Oh, God. That was torture. Yeah, I marathoned that right when season five was ending. I'm smart. Yeah. Steven Universe isn't coming back until September. (laughs) It's like a month. Come on. Don't be a crybaby. (laughs) Well, it's going to be like in seven days from now. But then they just yesterday, they're like, actually. They must have known. No, they don't. The the Cartoon Network tells them the schedule. Oh, so the the episodes are made though. Yeah, they're made. They're just... Okay, that's yeah. kind of weird. Well, yeah, because they don't want to run out of new epi- of no, they just, episodes. No, they take they, nine months to make. They just got to clear the rights for all those Utena and Evangelion <laughs> shots they steal. <laughs> but we're uh, not going to talk about that shit. Yep, you notice <laughs> I just went. There's a moratorium on Steven Universe on this fucking podcast. Zip my lips. Good job. So yeah, I waited six episodes for episode six days for episode four. Then it comes out and ends with like a cliffhanger. I'm like, fuck, what? Really? I gotta wait another week? This is fucking bullshit. So I'm close to just like swearing that show off until it finishes airing. I tend to prefer to binge shows these days. Yeah. Then uh, and then I watch Little Witch Academia two. Ah! Boy. The, a hentai? No. <laughs> it's a re- Anna, Anna and I watched the first one like just a little bit ago, and it's the nicest thing. It's so cute. And then we and were I, like, oh my god, there's another one coming out in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So you guys got to wait two weeks. I got to wait like two years. See who was smart? Well, there wasn't going to be a sequel originally, but then they That's kickstarted true. it. Whoop. So yeah. It's really cute. I don't think it was as good as the original, but it's still mm-hmm. good. Like, it was really refreshing to just see those characters again. Cool. That's really and this, nice. And this one is, like, more kind of a world-building episode. Where, like, huh. they go outside the school and there's a town out there and stuff. Yeah, I wish, I wish I could say I'm happy to see those characters again when I, <laughs> when I see things of new shows, of, like, of shows that I like when they get new shit. It's like, I don't want anything to do with anything Ghost in the Shell at all now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or that Rise. makes sense. Jesus Christ. You should watch the original Little Witch Academia. It's super cute. Is it on Netflix? It's on YouTube for free. It's on Crunchyroll. Oh, is it? It's on yeah. YouTube for free? They and put it's... it out. 
and it's literally like 20 minutes long. So well, I'll tell you what. Possible. I'll tell yeah. you I'll watch it, and then I won't. <laughs> yeah, you'll lie. Uh, and then when in my anime binge, I noticed a little folder called Space Dandy, and I said, holy shit, I still haven't finished watching that show. Yeah, you talked about that show a lot. So good. It's so good, and then somehow I don't want to finish it because I just want to savor it. But eventually I was like, I should probably finish this show, which I haven't yet, but I've been doing one a day. I've got Mm. two left. Mm. Somewhere in the middle of season two, that show just becomes a fucking masterpiece. Wow. (laughs) Like, it is so good. It's like they use this weird setup of just guys in space chasing after rare aliens as just this template to just do whatever they want. Mm. Where, like, there will be an episode that's a high school musical and they're doing dance numbers. What? Oh, yeah. It gets... It is the most out there. It is XL Saga meets uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, this wow. Is so up my alley. The, like, I think they've destroyed the universe at least three times now. Like... Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is, like... I've never really actually been a huge fan of kind of episodic shows where mm-hmm. each episode is kind of a standalone thing, but this is like the most episodic show because but continuity is thrown out the window. Yeah. There's no continuity. And that kind of threw people at the start where I think they all die at the end of the first episode in season <laughs> one. It was just like, okay, <laughs> but it's a comedy. It's like, you're not supposed to be taking it seriously, but like it just goes so far in whatever direction it wants to go to like either comedy or just parody or sadness like, like panty and stocking had a similar vibe where it's just like if it was going to double down on something good or bad yeah it just doubled the fuck down on it yeah the second half of panty and stocking went so far out there as well that's yeah. a good comparison and then that ending <laughs> a foot comes down <laughs> that's crazy they never made a season two. no they didn't they did. They had a cliffhanger and didn't follow up on it. I, and you know it's intentional. It's like they were never going to make a second season. I can't think that they were. Then why did they do that? Because it's very <laughs> funny. If you look at the tone of that show and what they did throughout the whole run of it, it makes absolute sense that they would end that show on the cliffhanger they did and end the way that they did it. Yeah. It was such a good ending. So that's the thing I'm wondering. How the hell do you end Space Dandy? Because, like, nothing has happened. (laughs) There's been no continuity whatsoever. Everybody dies at the end. Again. They have to raise the bar. That's not enough anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, that show is really neat. Uh, And then I watched Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. Mm -hmm. Or rather, I... (laughs) Oh, God. Time till naked. Hey, it took longer this time than some other Sorry that I was just laughing. Um, I had another person who just who runs works on works with an anime site and type moon fans are apparently just oh god pieces of shit. Oh no, yeah. What is <gasps> oh this? What has Unlimited Blade Works done that they are not a fan of? I don't know. Just they every episode. No, it was either it was probably usually like the reviewers criticizing the show and then they'd yell at the reviewers. Oh. Um, Isuotaku? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's who I thought it was. Cool. So, Fate Stay Night is a visual novel by... What's his name? Type Moon. Uh, type Moon. Type, type Moon. I forget the author's name. Yeah. 
but it's had a rough time with anime adaptations. Good lord. There was the original, which I dropped like 20 episodes in because it was terrible. Uh, and then they did a movie, which was two hours long, and just fucking crammed it in. Made no sense. I don't remember what happened. But then there was the Fate Zero anime, which was amazing. It's yeah. universally lauded. Yeah, because yeah, it was also based on the Urobuchi, Gen Urobuchi, Madoka yeah. guy. Yeah, it had a side story novel. It had a different author, which I think yeah. was pretty important. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the root of a lot of the problems with the Fate Stay Night universe uh-huh. is that the person who created the Fate Stay Night universe <laughs> can't a write. Writer that might be and that correct. all of the Fate Stay Night stuff is shitty. To well, he did co- he did compare sex to a mollusk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, just those tumblers with all the sex oh god. analogies oh. from the Fate Stay Night games. So bad. I think Zalos likes those. I played one of them, and then like, at the end, like, and then just like, bam, out of the blue, you're fucking a lowly. I'm like, oh good, thanks didn't, for didn't that. You, didn't you read all of Tsukihime, whatever it's called? No, I, Tsukihime isn't um, Fate Stay Night. But that's the same author. That is, I mean. is, yeah. I read, uh, I read Not all of, Su- I read all of Tsukihime, and then I read uh, Kagetsu Toya, which all of a sudden it's like, here's some graphics you don't want to see, and I'm gonna describe it all. I'm like, uh. all right, I'm done. <laughs> Later. So when I checked yeah. out, yeah, yeah. Gendo Robuchi made some really weird visual novels before he turned to anime too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're good or not, but they look really weird. It kind of, it kind of makes sense. To me, like, that um, Urubuchi was kind of drawn to that universe. It's, is it, does it feel like, kind of like he's, like, the good version of Nasu? Yes. In a lot of ways, with a lot of the same weird hang-ups? Yeah. The, um, uh, the Psychopath visual novel's getting, uh, localized. Oh, cool. I really like that show, even though it's really weird, screwed up. bad and awful and terrible. In a lot of ways. What? Psychopath. It's yeah. It's weird. He's <laughs> talked about it on the show before. It was really like full of gross people. <laughs> Not a likable person in the bunch. Well, okay, whatever. But yeah. Get <laughs> anyway, yeah. unlimited blade work. So many different directions here. Like, I know. Unlimited blade work. Oh, okay, wait, okay. Did you know that there's a new show coming out right now called Chaos Dragon? I think. Um, that's based on the D and D adventures of Nasu Gen Urobuchi and some other people. What? And it's terrible. It sounds like it. Okay. Isn't that weird? But yeah, sounds continue. terrible. Yeah, so anyways, that's not terrible. Fate Stay Night would not be a series I would be keen to try again with, no. if not <laughs> for the fact that Fate Zero was super amazing. Mm-hmm. So this is done finally by the same studio, uh, UFO Table, mm-hmm. that did Fate Zero. Right. And you think that's a that's a thumbs up? That's going to make it good. Absolutely. And they're doing a super super faithful adaptation of the visual novels, mm-hmm. which might not be good because they might not just not be good. <laughs> yeah. So even though this is definitely by far the best adaptation that this franchise has gotten yet. It also now has to serve as a sequel to Fate Zero. Ugh. And these are standards that it just cannot live up to. Right. So, I don't know. I'm like eight episodes in. It's just like, 
I just don't care about what's going on. I don't like Shiro that much, even if he's... Oh, he's terrible. He's not as bad as in the original anime, but he's still pretty bad. Like, Rin tried to kill him a bunch of times, and then she gets all Sundere and heals oh. anyways. <laughs> kill me. And, kill and me then, instead. And then the Loli shows up and she's naked. Of course she is. Why not? <laughs> So, I don't know. I'll probably finish it just out of obligation. Because Fate Zero was so good, even though I should probably just watch that again. Yeah. And, like, part of what Fate Zero was so cool was that every other servant, like Lancer and Archer and all them, Mm -hmm. every single one of them reflected a different aspect of Saber. Right. Like, it was a... Mm -hmm. The whole thing was, like, a character study of her. Yeah. And Fate Zero and Fate Unlimited Blade Works has none of that so far, where she is just stoic and barely talking, and then she fights a bit, and brooding. Like, yeah, and it's like, does she remember what happened, or are they just ignoring what happened before? Like, did you know that she's King Arthur? Yeah, I know that. Okay. <laughs> I think you find that out really early in Fate Zero. Oh, they like they hold yeah. their load on that until like the last episode of the original series. That's so stupid. No, they just they just tell you like, oh yeah, they I'm the legend. They were that legend was based on me. Yeah, yeah. So Face Zero is good. Unlimited Blade Works. Jury's still out, but I will say though, it looks like the visual novel, like. For good or for worse, it looks exactly like that. Just the way they draw those characters <laughs> yeah. with their weird noses and shading. It looks exactly yeah. like it. Weird. That's that's what I've been up to. Cool. Guess it's my turn. Is it? I, I'll, I'll, well, unless you know somebody else that's here. <laughs> Soxcast correspondent clocked out a while back. <laughs> He's not here. So I guess it is my turn. Go, Polly! So I ended up, you know, like you guys know me, hardcore gamer, and me, I've got, I'm gamer to the core because I love that label, <laughs> and you know, I only play the hardest of the hardcore. So I ended up playing a couple of uh, FMV games, <laughs> 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 which it happened completely by accident. I wasn't intending on it. Um, what what year is it again? You played a couple of FMV games. I know, right? Oh. And you would think. Like, it's just like, okay, this is the year 2015, for those who are listening to our podcast <laughs> and aren't aware. Um, FMV games are kind of a thing from, like, 1990 to 1993-ish, and there were yeah. probably some far beyond that. It was just, it was the advent of CD-ROM, and it's like, look, we don't have to draw things anymore. We can just get bad actors and make them say things. Yeah. Um, Stuff from the Sega CD and the 3DO, those hot hits. Oh, yeah, those hot it's like Mad Dog McCree and like <laughs> Night Trap, t- Night Trap, the uh, Tex Avery. I want to say. Uh, what was but, that one that? What was that one that people kind of like with um uh Christopher, with no Wing Commander. Yeah, yeah, I guess Wing Commander, Harvester, things like that. Yeah. Um. So. Imagine my dismay when it's like 2015 and they were like, oh no, here, check it out. There's new FMV games. And the thing about it is that like, 
there have been companies out there that have experimented with like full motion video. You know, it's just sort of like a kooky way, like the Misplosion um, um, Man and Explosion Man. Those used mm-hmm. FMV scenes to kind of say, "Aha! Look, we did this cool, funny thing. It, it's really funny because it's this old thing." So when you get games now that are coming out that are kind of playing that angle straight again, it's just like what? And it, it, it's such a weird thing to kind of crop back up again but it's it's kind of interesting because i think that storytelling and gaming has gotten a lot better over the years and i think that that's just because you have a lot of people that you know grew up liking writing that saw this new media that they could come into and it's just like it it's an easier time to make something like that now i guess um so um you've probably heard about it because it kind of like blew up all over the place but um I played through her story, um, which is um, an FMV kind of <laughs> detective game where um, the, the conceit is that you've been given this police archive of uh, a woman who was interviewed seven times over the course of about, I want to say it's a week and a half, uh, concerning the disappearance of her husband. And uh, you basically have to go through all of these little clips that are cribbed from um, the archive. Like, um, they, they make a very bold decision in that you never hear the questions she's being asked. So when you get the answers that, that, that she's spitting out at you, uh, it's interesting because you have to kind of stop and think, well, what exactly was she being asked about there? And how do I tie that to my own little invent? Like, I had a notepad out the whole time playing it because I was like, I wanted to keep elements of the story straight and everything. So the way you interact with the story is you use this very rudimentary limited search engine to search for specific words in her testimony. And like every... Like, every video clip has had its script, um, you know, like, put into plain text into the game so that you can search for it, and then it'll bring that, like, any clip up. Like, if I search for murder, it'll find, like, four clips. And it'll be like, these are the four clips in which she uses the word murder. So, and and they're not really in any specific kind of order. Um, The searches appear in chronological order in which that word was used, but that may not be, but, like, the clips might be, like, the first clip you get might be from interview one and then there's the next clip is from interview four and then five and then seven. So you ba- it's basically like this word puzzle kind of thing where you've got to kind of like drag the answers out of her, even though you're not necessarily interacting with her. So if like, so you started the word murder and you start with the first clip, which is like the first, it's from the first interview. It seems like it's fairly early in the first interview. And each clip has timestamps on them so you can keep track. Um, but it, but then, like, she might say something in that clip that might lead you down a different mode of thinking. Like, she'll say, like, another word. Like, she'll say the guy's name. And then it'll be like, okay, his name was this. Can I continue, you know, as close to this clip as I can? by searching for another term. So you've got to kind of like keep searching, like leading yourself along and and trying to like connect the dots in a chronological way, even though the story is told in this very out of order kind of way. Um, And sometimes, you know, like some like modes of where your brain is going with the investigation might just lead to dead ends because, you know, she didn't provide an answer for that or 
you weren't searching the right kind of, you know, the right term exactly. Um, but, um, and I think that the actress is fantastic. Uh, she's just like, you know, like, it's gotta be kind of hard to, you know, put together a performance of something like that when it's just like, you're not really given questions to go from. It's just, here's a script. Uh, you know, I don't know if they wrote questions, uh, you know, they must have. Yeah, you know, but, but you know, like having the conceit of not having those questions is really kind of what drives it home. Along with the search engine, which can only pull up five clips at a time, which is why you've got to narrow your searches. So it's like, yeah, I can pull up. So it's like if you pull up, you know, something else like the guy's name, it'll be like displaying five of sixteen available clips, because oh. because you don't have access, you don't have administrative access to access everything at once. So you go in, you start playing a clip, and you listen closely to what she's saying, and then you look for keywords in what she was saying in that clip to try and find a clip that is next to or close to it. Um, and it's really an interesting way to kind of like draw some life out of that kind of game. I think I think that it's a really cool idea. I think the conceit of you know being this like you're not necessarily grilling this person. You're just trying to figure out what happened. Um, and the way they wrap all of that up in the narrative is very brilliant. Um, when you get to you know, well, there's not even really an end. Because you basically stop when you're satisfied. When you've gotten yeah. <laughs> everything you want out of that game, um, like at a certain point, a certain event will happen on your screen, and it's just like, are you satisfied with what you know now? And you can say yes or no. And if you are satisfied, they'll roll the credits, and then they'll just kick you back to the main uh, menu, and you're like, okay, there, you got what you got out of that game. Weird. It, but <laughs> What it, if you it, say no? You can you can stay there and keep searching. But will it ask you again? Are you satisfied now? It'll have an icon that you can click um, oh. later. Like like if you turn down the invitation that you're given to, you know, just walk away huh. and be done with it. Uh, it'll be like you know, well, you keep doing what you need to do and contact me when you need to. You know, you're looking at all this old archive. You know, it goes a long way to you know making it look like a really old computer that you're looking at with these mm. filters on the screen and stuff, and like the video is really old looking. So huh. they, did a, they did a good job with all of that immersion stuff. My only real problem is I think that like in, in trying to create a, a very limited interface, uh, is that that's kind of the problem is the interface is too limited and it leads to a lot of tedium. Uh, especially when you're starting to like run up against brick walls when, um, you know, it's just like, well, I don't, I can't think of a single thing. And the thing is, there's no easy way to rewatch clips you've already seen. And there's no way you can just like look up a text transcript of her testimony once you've seen a certain clip. Um, there's a database, uh, Thing that shows you how much of the database you've accessed, but you can't like watch the clips from that database. It's just there to show you, like, okay, like I found the clip beside this one. You know, you just use it to find out where you are in the timeline. And there's no easy way other than searching the term again that you got, uh, you know, that you hit on to try to go through that clip again and then do it. And it just like that kind of got yeah. on my that got on my nerves. Like the closer I got to getting a hundred percent of the clips was because, like, I just literally was like, what, what what, more can I do? And, like, I eventually went back for another couple hours and stuck with it, and I unlocked all the clips. I got what I wanted out of the story. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but 
I think that the interface really holds it back a lot, and, you know, it's just, like, the, the limitations that they imposed on themselves in trying to make this more of a game, I guess that that's sort of kind of what goes against it. Um, that's too bad. It really is, but at the same time, like, I would wholeheartedly recommend it, because it's just, it's a really good story. The acting's, cool. the acting's really good. Um, you know, and I just enjoyed everything other than the interface, which unfortunately, <laughs> like, that's the main point of gameplay yeah. is you're using this search engine. So bring a notepad and everything that you're searching for. Make sure you write it all down. There is a history that keeps track of, but I think that it's listed, or I think that it's limited to, like, the last 20 or so terms that you searched. I don't remember exactly. I just remember that I had, like, a legal pad that was just full of terms and me, like, crossing out things that weren't important or didn't have a hit, you know, so um, yeah, her story is really good I'm happy that it's getting the praise that it's getting because it's definitely cool to like have more interactive fiction and like, I'm finding that I'm getting more and more into that genre the more um, Rad. that old. I play them you got old yeah, I got old <laughs> and I hate moving my fingers as much um, yeah. so, so uh, and then like, just Last- as I'm sorry. Can I go ask ahead, a couple more questions? Absolutely. Uh, so this game, the concept is that there were like four interviews. Yeah, seven interviews. Seven. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Do her answers ever change between interviews? Is she inconsistent? Yes, there are inconsistencies that you have to find. And okay. they, but if you don't find those inconsistencies, but you decide that you've seen enough, hmm. your version of the story could change because it's a mystery at heart. Yeah. Like you have to decide. Like. There is no yes or no she was lying. It's, you have to decide. Like, is she telling the truth? You know, so it's ultimately up to you to decide, like, what you got from it. And I think that that's really neat. And it didn't feel like a cop-out to me because I think that they earned it. Uh, with the way the concept works, with the nature of the story, with how she's presenting the story. You know, you are totally at your own whim to decide whether you believe the story she's giving you or not or whether her inconsistencies make sense. Cool. It's really cool. I like it. And then, uh, I think that it's like five bucks or something. So it's not a harsh investment and it'll only take you about an evening to get through it. So, um, I think that there's about like, if you want to go for a hundred percent, I think there's about 200 clips or so. Oh jeez, It sounds um, like a lot. It, it, it sounds like a lot, but each one is only roughly 16. Like it, like, I think the shortest clip is like two seconds long and the longest clip <laughs> is, a, is a minute 45. <laughs> cool. cool. There was this, this funny screen cap of the steam forms floating around where someone is like, how do I beat the game? And someone is like, the game ends when you are satisfied. And the first person goes, how, How do, do I, I know, know when I'm satisfied? <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> that game's so, deep. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, so at the same time that like this game was getting traction, uh, Giant Bomb started doing like they they did a quick look of a uh, game called uh, Contradiction: Spot the Liar, which is actually a comeback game by someone we may all know, Tim Fallon. Uh, Man. He, he created this game, uh, which just kind of surprised. It surprised the <laughs> shit out of me. I was like, "What?" You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just him on music either. Like he wrote it, he directed it, he financed it through Kickstarter. Um, so it was just like, "What?" That it, it's such a weird thing, but it is another FMV game. Uh, Giant Bomb did a quick look of it, 
and they were just so enthralled with it because of like you know it's got an intriguing concept like the the story and characters are really interesting but i gotta be honest with you like the first time i saw this game pop up on steam the way it presented itself was like oh contradiction spot the liar it's an fmv murder mystery and like are these like is this just a thing now or just like or is this like a game that was released in 1991 that like because you've seen that on steam there are like like harvester and i have no i i have no mouth and i must scream those have all come out yeah. on uh on Steam, so I thought, oh, this is just an old re-release when I first saw it, but then Giant Bomb did a quick look of it, and the way they presented it was just so immediately endearing that I had to go out and, you know, just immediately buy it, full price, didn't care, not waiting on a sale, I like this, but it, like, uh, her story is a murder mystery, but it's more of, like, a movie, in a way, where, you know, you're interacting, Like it's kind of like adventure game slash Phoenix Wright. You know, the whole point is you're you're a detective and you're trying to solve this mystery that happened in this quaint little village. Um, And you have to talk to the residents and figure out who's lying, point out their lies and then like use what they lied about to talk to other people so that they may give you items that you can ask about other people. And it just keeps going down this really cool um little gameplay loop that it never gets stuck. It just keeps trucking along at a pretty decent pace. And really what kind of drives this game home is it's just, like I said, it's so goddamn endearing with its acting and its story and its characters. And just like, it's the actors mostly because um, my favorite character is named Ryan Rand. And uh, the way I describe him to people is, you know, Scar from the Lion King played by Jeremy Irons, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, imagine that overacted 30 times. These people aren't these people aren't these people aren't so much as acting in a production as they are just acting at each other. And because there's just like gestures and just like everybody's just over enunciating every single syllable and just enjoying every little bit of this script. And it's just the way they overact it and the way like the characters are presented in like the way the game seems very aware of what it is, but doesn't call attention to that. Like, I think that they knew what they were making. They knew that these characters were going to be kind of silly in a way, but they were, they would still be able to pull, you know, legitimate drama out of it. Uh, while at the same time being this very, very weird thing. And I think what really would like make this game work. And John, I think you should buy this game. Because this would be a very fun and entertaining game for you and Anna to Rad. play. What was the title oh, of yeah. it again? Contradiction, Spot the Liar. Oh, fun. But um, I, Is it on phones? It's on phones, too, yes. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that... Since what was that sound? I know. That's what we call a John Happy sound. He just makes them. Um, but, like, oh, the main... Oh, baby burp. <laughs> <laughs> but, um sort of the main gameplay mechanic is talking to people um and they're like you know you're interacting with them their performances are great and basically you know you get this pile of evidence that you find around the village and you start asking people about it and they'll say something uh, but later in another piece of evidence they might could contradict themselves and you point out those contradictions to advance in the game um and this game has just gained so much traction like it's so much so that like the the like Actors have reached out to Giant Bomb and just have been like, yo, guys, you gave our game, like, a huge amount 
of yeah. attention that we never would have gotten. And, and like so much so that like um, on one of their latest podcasts that they, they sort of faked everybody. I was like, yeah, we got a hold of their audition reels. And basically it turned out that like, no, two of the actors had gotten together and done a little pre-recorded bit for <laughs> giant bomb at the end. And it was like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's like you go into this game, not expecting a lot, but it, it, it it has a good story that moves along at a good pace. I think that the ending that they came to is really good, and um, and, and it leaves itself open for a sequel in a way that's pretty tasteful. Um, and I hope they get to make that sequel, and I hope that they don't become way too self-aware of what they've done. Because then it would kind of just be like a little too much wink and nod. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a really good game. I thoroughly enjoyed it when I thought I was only going to enjoy it ironically because I like these actors and just how silly and over the top their acting can be they're still somehow very endearing and it's just like I love these guys I want them to do more stuff I'm happy Tim Fallon did something just so crazy and out there it's not something you would expect from him from a guy that's worked on you know a lot of games and done you know music soundtracks for games that are just primarily like this action oriented things um yeah the contradiction spot the liar go pick that up it's really good and play it with a friend that way you guys can sit there and try to figure out who's lying about what together um i just pulled the i just pulled the game up on steam and it says four friends want this game and one of them is john already (laughs) he's been busy i see you (laughs) yeah yeah i think you and anna would get a freaking kick out of this game um so definitely keep an eye on that uh so that's about all i've done for gay or is it is that all i've done for gaming john thire shit wait <laughs> okay no i i no i don't know you don't know well i'll tell you what john i finally got around to playing oh you started you started the game I watched ten episodes of Steven Universe this morning. Oh my god! Oh wait, wait. <laughs> oh boy! I, I'm not lying. I really did. Oh cool! I just got in a mood. It was just like, if people aren't going to shut up about this, I've at least got to find out. With something like My Little Pony, I knew I didn't care. Mm. But the things people say about Steven Universe, like you know, as much as they've saturated themselves about it, there's a lot of cool stuff that goes. You know, with a lot of people say and how it represents people and how it presents mm-hmm. certain things. So uh, I watched the first five episodes, which is like 10, 11 minute episodes, basically. Um, and I like it. Cool. I, I dig it. I think that, you know what? I, I think the show's got merit this early on. You know, it definitely, um, it's very snappy. It's very, very funny. And. Um, I think that their depiction of Steven is very similar to, um, even though she's much younger, Yotsuba. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely get that comparison. Yeah, even though, like... It makes a ton of sense. Steven is older, and he's obviously more aware of his surroundings. There are still a lot of things that he's just, like... I see people say that he's intentionally dumb about because a lot of people think that that show only exists to be super lesbian thing 2015 and they mm-hmm. hate I, I, like if somebody on Twitter got their shit shut down or something like 
because she was like, hey, hey, kill Steven. He's terrible. He's awful. Uh, it should just be about the gems. And it was like, well, uh, Steven, he's kind of a gem. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like people want it to be this thing that it's not. And like, and that's basically all they portray it as. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you I feel actually, like Steven's really the heart of that show. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I get it now. I get why people like this. And I like this. I think that this is really cool. So I'll probably uh, continue watching that. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Did you say you watched five or ten episodes? I've watched ten episodes. I've watched ten 11-minute episodes. Cool. And I watched the pilot as well. So Neat. Yeah, that's kind of that's a cool the pilot's thing. Really, the pilot's a trip. Is the pilot <laughs> the one where the plane crashes? Um, I don't think so. No, the pilot know. is one where he keeps going back in time to redo a thing. And it goes way out of control with it. Yeah. They kind of um, tab that. They take that similar idea in a later episode and then blow it even further. Oh, out good of, lord. Blow it up even further. It's really great. Um, um, that means you've seen the Connie episode, which I thought was really uh, sweet. That, that was where it finally sold me. Mm-hmm. That was where it was just like, oh, okay. I see where people get what they say about this show now because there's a mm-hmm. lot of meaning there. And it's very that, – what that episode's saying is very important. Absolutely. And then right before that is the um, Catfingers Akira stuff. <laughs> that is hilarious! <laughs> I did not expect to like that as much as I did. It was like, oh my god, they're going full fucking Akira with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. god. Yeah. He, he, turns the, um, his, he turns his cat into a... He turns his finger into a cat and it just keeps going and going and going. And, over his body. <laughs> and then he's got cats just growing out of him everywhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, somebody was like, yeah, you got to give the time- show a whole lot of time. Um, and I was like, I feel like a lot of that, a lot of what's cool about it is pretty clear with um, the second episode, the laser light cannon episode. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the first mention all of his I, mom. All I would ask, yeah, yeah, all I would ask of anybody is just like watch the first two 10 minute episodes and I feel like you'll have a pretty good idea of if it's of what that show's doing and I have a pretty good idea of what it's setting up for. Mm. So, yeah. I I I got to admit I was surprised and I'm I'm happy I checked it out. Um Bad. I'm not going to saturate Twitter with it though. It's just like I'm going to keep oh, it. Yeah. It's just like I'm not going to be that person posting about it. <laughs> oh, don't worry, everybody else is. Yeah, yeah, they'll make it up for me, but um if anybody spoils anything I'm going to kill them. Cool. Oh. I will because I know that show goes places, and I want to witness those places that it goes myself. Mm. I feel like also with so much of the dialogue about how how big and dramatic and um, crying and feelings and whatnot. Yeah, that it, stuff gets it, so oversaturated. What what um gets lost in the shuffle is, hey, this show's actually really cute and funny. It's to, hilarious. It's really funny. It's just like the weirdo humor that they pull out. It's just like. Okay, wow, I didn't expect that line at all. There's a lot of times the show genuinely tickled me because I did not expect the joke they were coming with. It has all the powers of a breakfast. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Steven Universe, it gets a pass in my book. I like it. So fight fight me. I might have to just join you then. You might have to, I think you should. I think it's really good. Once I finish all this anime. Alright, yeah, yeah. So, um... There so with, <laughs> yeah, that's, it basically is an anime. It basically is an anime, yes. So that's basically all I've uh, been doing. Um, some really good games finally broke down and gave in to popular demand. Oh, boy. Uh, 
Uh, and um, oh I boy. G- um, uh oh. I think it's time for an entirely new show. Hold on. I think that we've got some breaking news. Hold on. Live from Studio D7, it's Inafune Watch 2015 with your host, Rhett, your hey. co-host, Polly, on, on, <laughs> on traffic, on traffic and weather, we have Byron Halcher, and on sports, John Fire. We now turn to Rhett. <laughs> Rhett, how are you? I'm doing good, and uh, we got some news to report this week on the Red Ash Kickstarter. Oh, do we now? Uh, care to tell us how that is going? Uh, so we talked about this last week, and it was not going well. And then a member of the development team started posting on NeoGAF with some questionable oh, no. <laughs> things, where he tried to answer questions, and he did so in a very snarky un- fashion. And probably Ooh. just made things way worse. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you do? So let me just read this one of his posts. <laughs> and you can, if this goes too long, just cut me off. No, I want to hear the whole thing. Everybody needs to oh, hear God. this. The part about the two-game plan being a problem, I guess I will never understand. We could have easily changed the marketing copy to never call it a prologue. That would have been extremely easy. Is that what you really want? To just blatantly lie about the project. We made the decision not to do so because we wanted to be completely truthful about what we were aiming to create. The ideal game we want to make is going to be 10 million or more easily. That's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> the only way Red Ash was ever going to be a fit for a Kickstarter was to scale it down in some way. The Calcannon story was always going to be a part of the game, so it was decided to push that as the Kickstarter project so that we could at least start somewhere. Honestly, the backlash against the prologue idea makes me question whether full transparency really does have a place on Kickstarter. Fuck you <laughs> in your goddamn ear. You don't deserve to have a job, you piece <laughs> of dog shit. It goes on. Oh my <laughs> How does it get worse? Also, I still find it unbelievable that people actually expect a prototype when Kickstarter launches. Let me go through why this is absolutely oh my ludicrous. God. One, when you are working with multiple partners, it is very difficult for an outside company to attach that many resources to a project before a Kickstarter even launches. This is why you see many prototypes pop up at the tail end of a project. Work usually starts once the project is live. Two, not even most publishers demand a prototype. The normal flow is to get an initial small amount of funding from the publisher to create a prototype and then go for there. Isn't the whole point of Kickstarter to help certain creators bypass publishers? Oh my and then it goes on. And yeah. Oh <laughs> and then, my god. And then there's another post where he talks about how they offered for $79 you'd get the prologue and the full game and is that going to be a risk for them? And he's like yeah, it might not happen, but don't worry, that's all on us. I don't know about that if you're taking people's fucking money. Yeah, he says, if for some reason Inafune is not able to pull together funding for it, then it would be our ass on the line. Like, what does that mean when people are giving you money through the Kickstarter? Yeah, you fucking dumbass. So that's story number one. About yeah, we're... Ash. We're not done. There's a reason I did a snazzy little intro there. Do, 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 do. We got new info. 
Uh, so a little bit after that, they released a playable early alpha build. <laughs> this fucking joke. <laughs> did you play the alpha? Poly? Yes, I did. <laughs> you can kick a can. You can kick a can. <laughs> That's a prototype. You can kick a can. <laughs> Oh, okay. Remember, Mega Man Legends, you can kick a kid. <laughs> no, literally, that's the game. You kick a kid. You can climb up on some ledges too. Oh, oh, my bad. Yeah, there's not, not to get too reductive here. <laughs> yeah, you can you can kick the can, <laughs> and it uses like character models from Mighty Number no. Nine because there's like nothing from Red Ash yet, and it looks so stupid. <laughs> It's just like one day of work in Unity or something, basically. <laughs> That's what it looks like. The camera. It's oh so my God. bad. <laughs> you kick a can. You kick a can. <laughs> I didn't think it'd be this funny when we started talking about it. <laughs> you fucking kick a can as a prototype. He went back to Inafune. They want a prototype, Mr. Inafune. I got a can. There's a can asset in this Unity asset I can download. So they make a dedicated kick button so you can kick the can. <laughs> Kicking the can just like our Kickstarter, Mr. Inafune. And then you can kick the trash can and just no, dozens I... of cans come out. Do they? Yeah. In this or... Maybe nice shot. Here, take this. I'm looking at the pre-alpha prototype. And now there's just like 200 cans on the ground. Oh, Our can technology so, is unsurpassed. Like, you, you want to kick the can? You liked kicking the can in Mega Man Legends? Well, here! Have hundreds of cans! Kick all the cans you want! It's like... When they did the original Kickstarter video, it was funny that there was a can bouncing in it. Yeah. Because the... Original Mighty Number no. Nine pitch had a bunch of Mega Man references in it. Yeah, but then they made a demo, and you kicked the can. <laughs> Literally, that's the. I have to imagine this going by this guy going back to Inafune and Inafune being all pissed. It's like, well, here's your fucking alpha. Here, here, kick a fucking can, you idiots. Nostalgia harder. <laughs> so basically, the real point is that they had nothing, nothing ready at all for this Kickstarter. And now they're desperately trying to scrap together something like, I don't know, Jean kicking the can. Like, the real question about this game was, how is it going to handle, like, the camera or shooting or action? Yeah. The answer is none of that, because uh. it's a super basic 3D engine and you kick a can. <laughs> so this was a few days ago, and it's like, the Kickstarter is looming, it's stalled out at, like... Not even five hundred thousand. You're like, okay, they're done for. Yeah, I, like how? Like I don't feel like it's got to be done for these guys, right? They're, they're done, right? Yeah, totally. Like and I don't. Do, 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 oh update. no, not again! Red Ash got a publisher. Uh, <laughs> Let's be real here. They've had that publisher since oh, they started man. Concept, and that's fucking evil. You know goddamn well that that's what happened. There are fuse logos in the fucking alpha. Were there? On uh, the I mean, well, I thought they scraped that together in like one day. Yeah, they could have 
been having talks at that point. Either way. But either way. So then they're like, okay, so the publisher is paying for the game. So this Kickstarter is now for stretch goals, but uh, we can't wait, tell wait, you wait, what wait. The... If we've got a publisher, why do we need a Kickstarter? I mean, Divekick did the sensible thing when Iron Galaxy picked that up and said, hey, we're canceling the Kickstarter. Here's your money yeah. back. I found at least four examples of games that got picked up while they were in a Kickstarter, and then they immediately canceled the Kickstarter. Right. But not this one. No. No. Our hubris, our dick, is so big. So, yeah. <laughs> then they're like, so the Kickstarter money that we're not actually going to get because the Kickstarter isn't going to make it. Not in 48 hours. We're very sorry to announce that the revised goals aren't ready to announce yet. Rest assured, they will be announced soon. Definitely before the end of the campaign. <laughs> and then... God, it's just kicks it like they'll give us like we've got a publisher and they're going to give us money. But if you guys give us more money, you might get more game. Huh? Huh? I'm looking for an ass. Yeah. So now they updated their stretch goals thing to have the first like half of it say funded by Fuse in big capital letters. Oh, yeah. That's so goddamn insulting. Oh, yeah. And then the 800,000 tier says EX mode challenge dungeon tiger playable. Call and go for village reconstruction. So originally, eight hundred thousand was funding the game, and now it's funding these three little side things that that are stupid. That are stupid. Oh my! Ah! But don't worry, because the Kickstarter is not going to make it. Absolutely right now, not. Right now, it's at four hundred ninety k of eight hundred with thirty eight hours to go. Wait, I thought it was at four ninety eight k. Did they lose eight thousand? No, Just, it was at like 473 for a while. I thought it was at 498. They were definitely um shedding backers for a little while. It's been you know, it's been up and down cuz as soon as they did the uh fuse announcement, it dropped like 2k that day. Yeah, it was like yoop. Cuz why would you back? I mean, there's besides no point. The- it's like they didn't yeah. even have the new goals at that time. It was just like, yeah. hey, we got a publisher now. If you give us more money, you'll get something. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Fuck. thing about Kickstarter is, is that someone from Game Trailers, I forget his name, right? I think it was Bosman. Right. Did a video about Red Ash, and he said, like, the thing about Kickstarters is that they're passion projects, and a lot of the big ones have always had the fuck you element. Yep. Where, like, Mighty Nine is fuck you, Capcom, and Bloodstained is fuck you, Konami. I'm yeah. like, fuck, fuck you, Rare, let's get a new Banjo game and stuff. Yeah. And this one is so cynical and just, give me money. Yeah, that's all it is. There's <laughs> like nothing about this really feels like a passion project that he really is behind and wants to get made. And you're the only way we can get it made. It's just it's stupid. a fucking mess from, t- I've never been more entertained by a Kickstarter Oh, campaign. absolutely, absolutely. And, oh, wait, what's that? We've got more breaking news. You can't news be on serious. Ifune watch. <laughs> you can't be serious that we're still in this segment, Rhett. So a day after, or a day or two after they announced that they have a publisher, Game Informer reports that Mighty Number no. 9 is being delayed. The game oh. was done. They said in April, game's finished, we just got polished it a little bit. So, Oof. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but it seems pretty 
Well, you've got... Solid, because there were a lot of rumors floating around that it was going to get delayed. That seemed like fantasy until this story... You've got, uh, well, uh, the thing is, you've got, like, rumors floating around, but you've already got retailers pushing the date back to January. Yeah. So, it's like, those guys get those dates from somewhere. They don't pull them out of thin air. <laughs> they do. Shut up, Byron. Yeah, but it's they had said for a while, September 15th is when it comes out. So, why would retailers start pushing it back to January now? Unless they know it's actually being delayed. Oh my god. Fuck so, Inafune. Fuck Inafune. So what I really want to know, the Red Ash Kickstarter ends in 38 hours. Yeah. Are we going to get official confirmation of Red a- of Mighty Number no. 9 being delayed? After. Right after it Yeah, finishes? absolutely. Because that's exactly what Double Fine did with uh, Massive Chalice and Broken Age. Yep. Oof. It's like it's like Inafune like sat back and looked at Tim Schafer and is like <laughs> it's like I bet I can do that, but even shittier. Oh isn't my it, god! Isn't Rhett, it great uh, to know that I've learned nothing? Hi, Rhett. I'm depressed. Can you can you <laughs> can you cheer me up with with like questions? I mean, we got we get you can send us questions. You know how. People can do oh, that. Oh, emails and stuff? Yeah, you can send us an email at the old podcast at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net, or you can hit up us up on Twitter at SMPS underscore updates. Rhett, can you cheer me up with some questions? Yes, we got one about SGDQ. Oh, cool. What you got? Uh, you probably already discussed your favorite runs and which ones you are most excited to watch that mm-hmm. you may have with, so I won't ask that. Uh, instead, I would like to know who are your favorite speedrunners and what do you think makes a good speedrun? Uh, my favorite speedrunners are Spike Vegeta I, and uh, I Ate Your Pie. Uh, I've just been watching those guys for a long time, and I think that they always have really just entertaining streams. They're always super interactive with their audience. Um, as for what I think makes a great speedrunner, I mean, obviously it's skill. But, um, I mean, if you want to truly be great, I think you've got to kind of be able to talk it, you know, like... Somebody like uh, Trihex, or uh, as we saw with the Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels run, Big John. Yeah. Uh, Big John is like the most likable guy in America. Yeah. I was going to say him so what for you're my saying favorite is, speedrunner. So what you're saying is that you have to be able to walk the walk, but you also have to be able to talk <laughs> oh, the talk. God. And you've got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> well, yours, was, yours wasn't reversed. Mine was. That was no, I'm... I'm John, John, I'm depressed, okay? Cut me some slack. Uh, what about you, Rhett? Who do you like? Uh, I was going to say Big John. Big John's great. That was such a good run. Yeah. Because he, he made it so fun. He made it fun. He obviously has the skill to play the game, but it's just like his general attitude, the way he carried himself was just, you know, like, guy's a, a natural entertainer, much like Spike Vegeta, I think. Like, I think that Spike Vegeta... I, yeah. I, I may be biased because I have a friend who looks and sounds exactly like <laughs> him so much that when I first saw him at a GDQ event, I called my friend to make sure it wasn't him. Yeah. It's very haunting, but yeah, Spike Vegeta, like, there's a reason they put that guy on hosting duties a lot. Yeah, he's uh, got a great voice. Great voice. Uh, Golden as well. Uh, I think that, like, when he is running, he usually does Super Mario World runs. Um, his runs are really great. He's a good talker. Um, yeah. I think for speedruns themselves, though, like, 
I'm kind of over the glitch thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so much into that anymore. Like, I mean, right. unless the glitch requires like a lot of execution and doesn't break the game to the point of oh, you're just running out of bounds and going into the exit. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I just... get that. I get the speed runs have to be as fast as possible. Absolutely. But like, the ones that don't aren't able to break the game then become the most entertaining to me. Yeah. Oh shit! We forgot about the. Um... Fucking Freedom Planet run. Yeah, that was a good the one. The Freedom Planet race. I also like Johan Howitzer. He is another one of my favorites. Yeah, like Freedom Planet was not destroyed. No. Like Sonic games kind of get. Yeah, uh-huh. you could just clip through everything in a Sonic game. Even in 2D games, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you can fall through the floor in 2D Sonic games. Anybody I think else? The only, I think the only one of the games done quick things I've watched all the way through was this run of Super Mario with the Lost Levels from, like, January because mm-hmm. I just played the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think John was the same guy that played it then, wasn't he? It was. It's labeled Game J06. Yep, yeah. that's a guy. He's, he's yeah. awesome. Big, did you, what, what did you say his name was? Uh, goes by? He goes by. Just, he goes, people called him Big John, but that's that, cool. uh, Game J06. That's him. Cool. Cool, yeah. So I like that, was, that was this January? Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, like, there's a little bit too much overlap between Summer a Games bit, and Awesome yeah. Games. Uh, sorry, pulling up the next message. I'm sorry, I fucking closed the window. Good job. Way to be professional. Very, very professional. Uh, Byron, uh, did you have a favorite? Uh... I don't really watch speedrunners, like, enough or, like, watch enough twist personalities, really, to to be able to name anybody. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, Cosmo. that's my that's me too. Cosmo's cool. Yeah, Cosmo's all right. As far as just normal Twitch people, I'll watch uh, Northern Lion every now and then. Mm-hmm. He's every, interesting. Every now and then, she says. Oh, <laughs> hush! Shut yeah. up. If y'all, if, if when Summer Games wraps up, if y'all feel like linking me a few highlights, then I'll probably watch Absolutely. those. That might get me more pumped up about the next one since I've ne- I've never like watched the streams really. Oh, they're really good. Cool. Whatever when they did F Zero. GX. It was oh my fun. god, that was insane. <laughs> yeah, see, I like ones like that where it's just like pure absolute skill. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question from Gunblade Proxy. Okay. If you were in charge of the Sonic series, what would you do to make it good again? Mm. And I have a very simple answer to this. What's Gener- that? Generations make- 2. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, like, make more games like Sonic Generations. You know what? Like, don't just make Sonic Generations. Why don't you take what you've built there yeah, instead true. instead of throwing it out like you did with Lost World and and Sonic Boom? Instead of taking like take that awesome engine that you built that is capable of producing a a very viable two D Sonic and a three D Sonic. Why not just you know build on that a little more? Because mm-hmm. that game is fantastic. Yeah, my yeah. thing would be just like. Take Sonic Generations engine, make like a real story out of it. Just like levels that flow into each other and do cool stuff with that. Yeah, yeah. Instead I'd of just love the that. greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Sonic just seems to always be reinventing himself because mm-hmm. they can never get it right, and then when they do get it right, they invent it over again, anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in this weird situation where, like, between Sonic Colors and Generations, and maybe Unleashed, we have like the ingredients of like this really amazing game, but then it kind of is all disjointed though. So we, they never completely capitalized on that. It seems like. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's definitely things I like about colors mm-hmm. and, and things I like about generations, but they're not in the same game together. No. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. colors, I really like. I really liked how the story, how that story wraps up. I, I felt thought it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do the thing where they play the ti- the title theme during the final boss, and <laughs> so the final good. boss is and the final boss is actually functional. Yeah, <laughs> unlike generations. Final unlike boss. generations. Uh. So, but then the generations engine is way better, and the Absolutely. stages themselves are a lot more pre- precise and well done. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like with 3D Mario. There's a clear progression between all those games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not as clear with Sonic, especially when they started over with Lost World for some reason. I so boneheaded. Yeah. Planet Wisp is so pretty. Oh my yeah. god. It's so good. Oh my god. I wish that stage was better in generation. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question. Who is the sexiest anime character? Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with my first anime crush. Pirates, uh, from Record of Lodos War. Anybody else? I thought you were about to say Rena. And I was like, probably no. <laughs> Probably someone from Higurashi that would be just terrifying. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be sexy because they're children. Oh, Rhett, she, Rhett, you oh, need to yeah, be, sorry. Rhett, you better be careful here. What? <laughs> you, be, you might want to be careful answering this. Why? <laughs> I don't well, know I what your idea. I don't apparently. know what. I don't know what your idea of sexy is going to be, and I'm almost oh scared. <laughs> so who's the who's the sexiest anime character, Rhett? Karumi Tokisaki. Who's that? I don't know. I haven't watched the show. What? <laughs> Wait, is this the Ether chick? No. Okay. Who is oh, it? Oh, I don't know. She's from some show I haven't watched. <laughs> okay. Byron, sexiest anime character. Um, Sexiest anime character is definitely uh, Spike from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Like, John? That's, he got it all. Hmm. Mm. Spike is a pretty great answer. That is a really uh, good answer. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Mm. It's Dark Souls anime. No, no, no I <laughs> like anime. Give me a sec. All right, give me a second. Let's read the next email. I'll come back to it. No, this I is wanna... the last one though. No, Red. I see another question. <clears throat> what? I see another question. Oh, gee, from Raquel. No, I see another one. Not that one. <laughs> well, why don't you just read it? Because I don't see it for some reason. It's from Chelsea. Oh, gosh. She, she's so fucking protected. I can't see her shit for some oh. reason. <clears throat> when Rhett sets on the John, that is a weird way to put it. Chelsea. <laughs> when, okay. I'm going to read it anyway and take it in that context because it's way funnier. Oh, God. So when Rhett sets on the John, do his reticles get wet? Podcast is over. John. John, who's the sexiest? There are there are lots of really just terror, just intimidating characters. Like I was, like you mentioned Spike, and that got me thinking of um, uh, the main villain from Revolutionary Girl Utna. Um, his name is uh oh yeah Akio Otori. Oh, he's terrifying, but. And but you totally go just, down on him. He's just like the embodiment of sex, too. Um, I, I would also throw out uh, Revy from Black Lagoon. Cool. Um, I had another one in mind. 
CC. Yeah, CC's good. Uh, I like Kanan too. She's adorable. Even if she's dead inside. Uh. <laughs> um, let me be the one to fill your dark heart with love. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So I guess at this juncture, podcast is friggin' over Byron Halcher, my main man. Thank you for joining us on this it's been bout of a stu- lot of fun. <laughs> I hope that you've enjoyed yourself. I really have. Cool. Uh, where can our dear listeners find you on the inner butts? I'm Hyperlink, H-Y-P-I-R-L-I-N-K on Twitter, uh, and Hyper.Link uh, on the internet in general. Cool, cool. Rhett, where are we going to find you? In 3.tumblr.com. John! Yeah? All oh, right. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I'm kidding. Farawaytimes.com. And I'm Polly, and I hate, I still hate John. And remember, <laughs> we're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.
We must never give up. 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 We must never give